Hey everybody and welcome to episode 524 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Rapara, is coming to you from the Justin Allen Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash laser time and join us at the $20 level. Who's joining me now? Swamp Boy, Chris Antista, and Bog Boy. Resident as Matt Ick, Matthew Allen, apologies for my voice. And special guest. Finally, you said it. I live my life one quarter mile at a time. My name is T.L. Toretto. <laughs> oh, he said glasses. Wow. You sounded like uh, T.L., what, uh, what movie have you just been watching? <laughs> uh, I have, so I have gone through, uh, as of this recording, I have watched uh, all the Fast series. I had friends who had never seen any of the Fast series, so yeah. we went from the Fast and the Furious all the way Five. through Fast 9 just now. Wow. Uh, oh. You and, must have great friends. That is, yeah. that is a lot. That well, is a lot of indie. I will say this: I had so two of my friends literally had never seen any of the movies and had a had the preconception of what these movies were uh-huh. by movie six. They were just like, "This is not what I thought," and like, yeah. are crying and like these movies are emotional. Like, yeah, it's fucking rad. So we it's on thirty twenty ten this week. We talk about Fast Six, and while watching that for the show. It's one of the few times, like, I'm just going to roll through the rest of the series. This is so good. Yeah. But six is special because five, they kind of change what the series is supposed to be about. Six solidifies, like, this is the Avengers of people who are great at cars. And by great at cars, I mean can shoot them like bullets. Use them like <laughs> laser pointers. And uh, it, it gets ridiculous, but you don't question it after a MCU world. Six six is so good. Six is six and seven are my favorites. Uh, but yeah. nine is also really like again, just rewatching nine. Need to watch I've that only again. seen it once in theater. Me so too. I forgot that they suplex a bus. Which yeah. is like, <laughs> like, right. like I Final fucking love six hours here. Yes, um, I literally oh. <laughs> called it. And let me get an So you know, they took him to Suplex City. It's it's that's what yeah. you do. With Cena. Were you watching these for a podcast or just for fun? These are just for fun. Oh, okay. uh, Michael, so what, what is your to podcast? Watch. <laughs> oh yeah, ah. uh, I do do a show um, called. I said dude. Um, <laughs> called welcome uh, to thing. Welcome to the thing. I have the shirt on. You don't oh, see it. Yeah. It's an audio medium. But yeah. Welcome to the thing. I do it with uh, Jarrett Green and uh, Emmett Watkins Jr. Oh, Emmett. Uh, and yeah, it's a show that we just kind of <laughs> go and we we hang out and we talk about shit. And then coming soon, this is a, a, a podcast hot drop. Uh, we will be bringing back live from the pool house with <gasps> Ken nominated film director Sonia Ballantyne. Wow. <laughs> uh, um, uh, so shout out to Sonia. She um, got her documentary uh, that she co-directed uh, is being introduced in the can. So she is right now enjoying Europe uh, before the Cannes Film Festival. But yeah, super excited about that. And we're going to be back live for the Pool House. She had tweeted. She was like, oh, I feel bad. We haven't done a live for the Pool House. I was like, Sonia. You went and shot a documentary on, like, one of the coolest things in wrestling. You're living, like, the like, we will, pod- like, podcasts will be there. Like, go enjoy yourself. So, super, super rad about that. But that's coming soon, so. Hell yeah. Nice. Welcome to the thing. Live from the pool house returning. Sonya's alive. Yeah. It's all, it's all good. I have, I have less fun announcements. I, my reference, I should have done something related to Tears of the Kingdom. So that's all most of us have been playing. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, so you guys I have cut been back talking some about on our group chat. I'm, I'm trying to save you guys some trouble because, like, you got to edit this, and uh, 
I decided to edit a show. I cleared back some brush. That's a small part of it. And there have been torrential downpours. We've lost power like every day. Yeah. Some, oh, some, real brush. Some... I thought this was a manscape dad for a second. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I, but I did trim back the bramble to make it look like I own more property. That's right. And uh, but <laughs> but uh, that something about being back there with my dad and someone else, like chased off the hawks. I'm in Florida. There are swamp sounds out the ass. Like the the frogs and snakes have been allowed to live, and the water has been allowed to accumulate. It is all over. It was all over my podcast file. I'm trying to save you guys some work. I apologize for the sound quality. Don't make a comment of, or else you'll give Michael a complex. This is going to be difficult to edit because it's, it's going to it's be all, good. all what, over the place. Here's what I'll do. I will take the anniversary soundtrack for Pirates of the Caribbean that I have that I, you know you know about one, Chris, and we'll yes. use the Bayou section background, and yes. that'll be the background track for the entire say, podcast. There's no- there's no room tone for this. There's a lot of different kinds of frogs and noises. And <laughs> Here, Here's what I'll do. Whenever you're talking, I will replace it with a loud mechanical buzzer, and that will be the audience's signal to pretend they are Chris and say what they think Chris would say at this point. Just replace it with a, like a bed of Dagobah's music. Mm. Uh, everybody will get it. Sure. Everybody will get it. We're going to talk about Tears of the Kingdom, though, yes, right? Yes, we're, we're going to yeah. talk so much about Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, because that is what everybody has been talking about. That's been like my entire Twitter t- timeline. It's Tears of the Kingdom and people mad about Florida. And uh, <laughs> yeah, whatever, dude. Florida, okay. Defending Florida, defending Jacksonville, Florida. I'm talking about your governor. <laughs> well, we defeated the governor here in Jacksonville, yes, Florida. Fuck bravo, that. bravo. <laughs> just nice just not in the race that counted where go. you voted him in overwhelmingly. You didn't defeat him in that race, but the other races. <laughs> hey, listen, my cousin almost defeated him if it wasn't for a very strategic thing. Yeah, I would vote for Andrew Gillum again now <laughs> to get to a thousand times to get the Santas out of there. But but you know what? I have to tease you guys. I have a, a two word piece of advice to play Zelda mm-hmm. that I uh because I feel so optimistic and lovely about it. You ready? Here you go. Try everything. Yeah, try everything, baby. Just get in there and do it. It's great Zelda advice. You sound like Telly Savalas when you did that, Chris. You're like, yeah, yeah. try everything, baby. All right, what a waste of time. Okay, good. <laughs> it, that's the definition of comedy, according to, uh, to what's his name? Um, uh, Bob. Shit. Odenkirk. <laughs> Completely wasting Same people's Bob time. You know, Bob Odenkirk, his definition of comedy is when you completely waste people's time. That's when comedy is its funniest. So, yeah, so Lost was the funniest TV show. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, that would be Heroes. Oh, Heroes. Yes. Heroes. God, yes. save. <laughs> save well, both, okay, for people count. who are like, oh, we can make TV during the writer's strike, watch yeah, that go. season of Heroes. But both of those shows count, gentlemen, because as we know, comedy is tragedy plus time. You just need more time since Lost in, in Heroes, and then, then it becomes comedy. Uh, it was only the last season of Lost that felt like a waste of time. I, I totally forgot. I was going to make a joke, like I was going to make an Avatar joke with Heroes, but then I forgot they did bring back Heroes after yeah, like seven yeah, years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We really yeah. are just big up when it comes to ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there uh, was a second Zoolander movie. I don't know if you heard. Because no one talked about these things. Like, there were things that happened during the pandemic that we just don't talk about. It's like an alternate reality. On on 30-2010, we actually found two comedy sequels that are pretty great. Because comedy sequels are tough. And other than, like, Wayne's World 2 and 21 Jump Street 22, I can't think of many that achieved greatness. But we found two. Hmm. 
So, yeah, you guys have surprised me by managing to talk about roughly everything except Zelda in this opening bit. So that's I had a sound. That's true. We'll (laughs) save it until the second segment. But our top five this week, we we begin every week with the top five. But it is Zelda inspired because mild spoilers for like the first 15 minutes of uh, (laughs) Tears of the Kingdom. Just because uh, Nintendo didn't tell us anything, yeah. that, that cannot be uh, Link is is uh, he he faces off against spoiler the power John of Wick a... dogs John Wick's dog dies. Uh-huh. Oh no! <laughs> uh, I still hadn't seen that the the opening of that movie. <laughs> Just the rest of it. I assumed the dog was fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, so in in the first few minutes, you know, Link is is his arm is attacked by the power of Ganon, and he ends up losing it, and is revived by. Uh, Rauru, the renowned source of the right arm, as identified by the game, this is true, that appears under his name when he first shows up. So Link gets uh, basically either a grafted or prosthetic arm, but it's the, the Ultra Hand that lets him move things and glue them to each other. It's like one of the coolest abilities in video Indeed. games, period. Even though the arm looks... If you look closely at it, and you rarely get the opportunity because Link doesn't have any textures in mm. Nintendo, <laughs> your Switch is doing like like 600p. It looks like the the next best thing to having, like the slightly better than having no arm. It looks so dead and decayed and gross. Yeah, it's it looks, like it blue looks like and a rotted arm. And, oh, so, but he's no, got so like a cool not, tattoo. Yeah, someone has not played it yet. Is it very? I every time I hear the talk about the arm and. Mm-hmm. Like I'm getting very big Princess Mononoke vibes. Hmm. Like, is that off base? Well, I don't know you'd, what you'd that have means. to elaborate on what you mean by Princess so Mononoke Princess Mononoke vibes. the the uh, the guy who's not not the the wolf lady mm-hmm. like the he mm-hmm. has the cursed arm like that's right. the whole movie okay, yeah. is like his his arm is cursed. No, there's no like curse here in, in Zelda. It's very much just like here. You lost your arm. I'm giving you something even better. It's way more helpful. And, and it's okay. my dead yeah, there's, there's arm. There's no like, yeah. hey, your arm's here's, trying to take over your, yeah, yourself. Or here, here's a new arm that gives you little big planet powers, basically. Yeah. Like yeah. you can li- pick up anything, <laughs> stick it to anything else. There's no right. liquid right. snake situation going on no, here, TL. No, this no. isn't, yeah. Okay. Mm. But yeah, that, because of that, that inspired you, Matt, to say, why don't we look at top five video game heroes with prosthetic arms where like losing an arm and getting a cool prosthetic is part of the storyline. So yeah, let's, let's just dive in with number five, my left arm. (laughs) What did you do to me? That is what I call the Shinobi prosthetic, a fitting fang for a one armed wolf. Useless when it comes to carving Buddha though. Ooh, uh, what game is this? No idea. Uh, this oh, would come be on. <laughs> The Shadows Dying three times. Mm. This is Sekiro, yes, Shadows Die twice. But it's, uh... Sounds like a James And that's Bond Wolf. Die. I mean, we, we heard Wolf in there, so that kind of yeah. gave it away. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't well, blame you, because, like, you're not... Well, Shinobi too, but you're not playing those games for the acting, right? You're playing those games for the gameplay. But yeah, there's actually pretty good voice acting, and there is a story to this mm-hmm. one. And it's, uh... I play those games because there are no cutscenes. And I don't even remember that. And I called it Sucky Row, if I'm not mistaken. That's my least favorite Souls anything. It's it's hard as hell. It's, it's a hard yeah. game. Yeah. Which it shouldn't be, because they give you a Swiss Army knife you, you, arm you that, can't, that has all kinds of power. Yeah, you can't just like get super powerful and cheese your way through stuff like you can in Dark Souls. It was, uh, yeah, again, it wasn't that. It's like, I love training myself to become good at And there's a great training area. I was never able to replicate any of that in the actual mm-hmm. gameplay. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Okay, I get it. Oh, I can do this every time without thinking. Never in combat. Never. It's because the hitbox on that dummy is different than the hitbox on the boss. I'm going to so guess. It doesn't help you. Yeah. 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 So one of the the cool things about Sekiro is that in addition to the, you know, split second timing swordplay, you have the Shinobi prosthetic, which is a, a wooden left arm. They can do all kinds of cool shit. It hides a grappling hook that lets you swing around. You can also find tools that you can then shark repellent. Yes, <laughs> that shark repellent you can you can put in. Actually, the Shinobi prosthetic turns from Spider Man into Batman. Mm-hmm. But like, that is you a know, Shinobi reference. You can you can have like an axe that pops out of it to smash a shield, and uh, you know, like a steel umbrella that can can block stuff. I you know, I'll just I'll just let the old uh, Buddha carving monk explain it. I said before that your prosthetic arm was a fang, but by fitting Shinobi tools to your arm, you'll be able to change the form of that fang. Thick shields break them into splinters. Swift foes. Bring them down from afar. Fitting more devices means more ways to slay your enemies. If there's someone that needs killing, there's a proper way to kill them. That's all there is to it. Hmm. Mm. I thought yeah, I mean, we, said we weren't doing Metal Gear shit in this show. It is the most, like, Souls way to incorporate this thing, because the arm itself doesn't look like much. It's, like, very wooden-looking, almost just looks like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. like a stump of cork. And then it, it literally, you're, you're fitting these different attachments on there and and uh they're meant to kind of stand in for a lot of systems from previous souls games right so it's like instead of the guns from bloodborne you have this arm that i think one of the powers is very gun-like it's kind of it's like a parry type system and i think i did i have one that was like a flare like a fire thing like there's yeah, i think it has a flamethrower yeah, yeah, and so it's it's meant to be like, yeah, instead of trying the guns like we did in Bloodborne, we're going to give you this arm that, that you can attempt different things, and, and a lot and of that stuff is all Ultimately, you'll probably forget that you even have it and just rely on your sword most of the time. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Like, I always got the impression if I took the time to understand the different enemy weaknesses, like, I probably could have been making a lot more progress in that game faster. But yeah, the, the arm, especially when you're in the thick of battle... Unfortunately, sword became an afterthought a lot of the time, you know. Mm. Or you would you would pick a favorite attachment and just stick with that. Like, yeah, that's my thing. I'm just going to use this attachment the whole game. Yeah. yeah, in the name of making this as traumatic as possible, I wanted to play mm. clips where the characters lose their arms. So this happens near the beginning of the game. There's uh, you're you're trying to to flee with the divine heir, who is your boss. You're sworn to serve him, and uh, he's he's just this little boy and his. Uh, I think his his uncle, cousin, Genichiro, is trying to kidnap him. And so you have what is supposed to be an unwinnable fight. Apparently you can win it, but, you know, the results are the same either way. Uh, And this happens at the end. That, That sort of muffled sound moment when your arm flies through the air. Is that all the shinobi has to offer? The divine heir will be coming with me. Yep. Oh, you lost. You lost your we- master. You lost everything. Uh, yeah, might as well a big just deal. die. You're a swordsman and you lose an arm. Like, as, mm-hmm. as Game of Thrones taught us, that's sort of a big deal. Like, when Jamie Lannister uses, uh-huh. loses his sword hand, it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, you can't mm-hmm. fight so well. It's a weird thing, though. Like, if you pay attention to the, the uh, Song of Ice and Fire books, like... There seems to be a running through line. George R. R. Martin seems to think that, like, 
Oh, when people lose a hand, that make that it forces them to become a better person over time. <laughs> like <laughs> it happens with Jamie. I think there's at least one other person that that happens to. But uh, yeah, you don't really become a better person, but you do learn that it's just like oh, failure is still something you can claw your way back from. You can uh, end up fighting a bunch of really weird, horrible shit that's infected with giant centipedes. And that's how everything keeps coming back from the dead in this crazy-ass province of Japan. It's great, yeah. Yeah. The stateside prosthetic heroes end up murdering their wives. I think I'm making a reference to an Olympic person that isn't from America. Ah, yeah. I was oh, say, uh, South Africa, actually. Uh, Pristorus? Yeah, he's from like South Africa or something. Right? I forget yeah, his name. Yeah, yeah. There's a P in there. Well, uh, since we're on the topic, here's someone who sounds like he's from America and didn't kill his wife. Number four. Richard Kimball. You really want to throw down with me? Get your ass out of here. Very famously did not kill his wife. No. Shinra killed his whole city. This is Barrett Wallace from Final Fantasy Seven. Yes. Never heard of it. Uh, Especially in the remake because you get to play as him directly. He's not just Mm -hmm. in your party. You can control him like it's an action game. Yeah. Right. And he becomes a pretty decent tank when when you play as Mm -hmm. him. He's, uh, yeah. yeah. He, that arm, yeah. he put that arm to good use. You realize it doesn't do a ton of damage, even though you'd think it would, because he has basically a chain gun arm, like a mm-hmm. machine gun arm. But it's like, no, no, yeah. the, the bullets are mostly just to kind of keep enemies busy so that Cloud can wail on them with that giant fucking buster sword. I think the, I, I will never forget this. I, when I first saw this game, when I was in sixth grade, Dante Chapman, I he had played it, and I remember seeing the commercials. I asked, does Cloud need a sword that big <laughs> and he said straight face yes yes he does so that's like i always like be like oh yeah his gun it doesn't do anything because these monsters are huge but i would also say like barrett's gun arm is actually like so it's if you play the remake you're not going to get where this like where he gets the gun arm right, but it's actually yeah. a very important part um this is like around when you get to uh the gold saucer and you run into Dine, and you find out, like, Barrett's hometown had been, like, overrun by Shinra, and uh, basically Shinra, <laughs> there was a Mako eruption and, like, poisoned the town, and Dine and Barrett both lost their arms, and they replaced them with gun arms, and then you have to fight Dine after he's gone crazy. It's really great. I'm very excited to play that in like seven years when part two comes out. <laughs> wasn't, Slow and steady. Was, wasn't Dine like uh, Marlene's dad? Uh, Is Marlene's biological dad, yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. So yeah, your your daughter in the game, her biological dad is Dine. Is crazy other gunman. And, and yeah, that was like the whole thing that like, yeah, Barrett gets his arm shot off and he's just like, tried to wear a prosthetic for a while, but like eventually I just replaced it with this gun and this is my revenge arm. And now there's another guy who has the same injury. That's That does seem like if America ever, ever, ever institutes any gun laws, it seems like a great way of getting around it. Put down the gun, sir. I can't. It's, it's, it's part of my gotta sleep. I got to sleep with it. That's a very it's ash problem to, to have, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and you can, you can get, like, different guns also. that He has the, the standard Gatling gun, which 
is my favorite because it looks the coolest, but you can also get like a non-Gatling machine gun. I don't know why you'd ever want to use that. There's like uh, a, a rocket launcher. I think that there's a laser in... in. So as someone who's only played the remake, is mm-hmm. that visually represented? They, yes. They don't yeah, yeah, in the remake. I'm talking about the, the remake. Weapons, like, it's, yeah. it's in the skill yeah. trees. Remember, oh, the duh, skill sorry, trees are tied yes. to the weapons in the remake. Mm. And... I meant in the first game, but okay. Mm. Uh, I don't think it's game. visually represented yeah. like... But certainly <laughs> yeah. not like with the character walking around in the Every, overworld. I mean, but everybody's a piece of, float, of floating, yeah. heavily breathing origami in mm. that game. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think uh, in I battles say, it looks different. But Yeah, it does look different in battles. I will say I am very excited. Like, one of the things I loved about the remake is... So, <laughs> Barrett is not really written well in Final <laughs> Fantasy VII because, no. you know, he's a black character. <laughs> they were yeah, basically you know. just channeling Mr. T the whole time. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I do think a lot of the... the In the translation, in the writing, in the remake, a much better character. So the stuff with, um, with him and dying, like, that is, like, when you really, like, start to enjoy that character... And I'm very excited to see like a competent writing team, mm-hmm. not like yeah. not buried down into like stereotypes, like getting a, a shot at it. So I'm very excited to see that. Like I, I want to see that a lot. Like that next game for like just in the things that happen in Final Fantasy is going to be a lot of like I would say is Nomura's Bugaboo, which is like a lot of fucking backstory and like hey. Here's what happened in Niflheim. Here's what, like, that's going to be that game. So it's going to be either he's going to thread the needle and make it work, or we're going to see the Kingdom Heartsification of Final Fantasy VII. We're going to get an (laughs) hour-long backstory into, like, what his existing connection with these Shinra salary people is. Hey, quit talking out your ass. Everyone knows Avalanche only cares about saving the planet. Just who do you think you are? A law-abiding, concerned citizen. Law-abiding? Really? Mm. <laughs> uh, uh, shh. <laughs> I'm like, don't antagonize him. See, that's my favorite part about the remake is he still sounds like Mr. T. He's just a well-written Mr. T in this game. Yeah, like, but, it's still, but, like, the same way but, of talking. Yeah, and he's he starts out just kind of like, that, you know, that grunting, overbearing dude. But then, like, he, he gets into, like, some really sharp emotional territory later yeah, on. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, even the like first interaction really with Marlena, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's, very, it's a very tender, like, dad moment when you... Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of toward the beginning of the game when you go into the cafe and you see him with her. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. But no, I, I love Barrett. Cloud I, for scaring his little girl. I just don't envy Barrett, you know, anytime he has to use a urinal. Like, that would suck, man. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it spins oh, up by accident. Doesn't even shoot. Like, just that would be incredibly painful. I could also put a vacuum mm. gun on this thing, if you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> Gross. I hate that. I hate that. every... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just got a vision of, like, Mega Man fucking his buster. Busting in his buster, you might say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes him feel mm-hmm. good. But yeah, Bar- Barrett also, I, I forgot, like, yeah, it's it's not just like, oh, it's cool, you get to play as Barrett and, and use his gun arm. Like, he actually serves a very clear purpose early on before you get, like, a lot of magic users. You listening, Merc? One false move. And that happens. 
Well, so much for having Cloud do all the fighting. There are some places a sword just can't reach. There it is. Just bear with him for me, would you? <laughs> yeah, one wrong move and I'll shoot another security camera. You heard her. There are some places a sword can't reach. You don't know what he can do with that arm. That's all I'm saying. <sighs> Gross. Barrett is a father. How dare yeah. you, Matthew <laughs> How do you think he became a father? father. Plenty no of perverts of parents. Come on. That's not his biological daughter. Let's not. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to think about Barrett fucking. What is this? Yeah. Hey, I was going to say, I don't think he even has a wife. So, yeah. oh, well. I should try dating his arm. Gross. <laughs> what did he like... refuse his, his, his gun with, Michael? I think wife arms <laughs> is a different entry on this list, by the way. I was segueing. <laughs> yeah, time to segue. Let's move along to... Number three. Gotcha. <laughs> that should be all you need. That's got to be Mortal Kombat, right? That's Jax. That's Jax. Well, it wasn't the sound of Jax necessarily. Yeah, well, yeah, it was Jax, the sound yeah. of Jax punching someone with his fucking metal arms. Yeah. Did he say, "Forget your mortals and your gods." I <laughs> never. <laughs> I unironically love Mortal Kombat Annihilation oh, because of Jax. <laughs> That's dumb fucking character. So, <laughs> so Jax movie. is like. I remember for those first three games, it was never really clear. Like, are those bionic arms or are they just like metal uh, covers for his arms? Because in Annihilation, they were just like, now I have superpowers because of my metal sleeves for my mm -hmm. regular arms. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, you rely too much on your technology. You need to just fight with your heart. Uh, and... <laughs> Which is, by the way, how a heart ends up on a floor. I am going to knock down like 80% of Mortal Kombat's roster with that fucking line. Yeah. They're, it, they're it complete the... robots. They're like three complete robots in Mortal yeah. Kombat. Yeah. I just remember not Chris Lambert going like, you don't need this. He's like, yeah. I don't need this. That was, so um, who was that? That was Ajax from the Warriors. I'm blanking on his name. Oh, shit. Uh, uh, not I, James Remar. James, James Remar. Remar, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was so I was so uncomfortable. I, I had no idea who he was when I saw that movie the first time, and then I saw the Warriors, and I went back and watched Mortal Kombat Annihilation again. Least, I was like, uh, "Wow, this is still awful," but at least it's funny. <laughs> I want to that... use Ajax's first line in the Warriors against you, but I won't. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. We are an uh, inclusive <laughs> podcast. Uh, but yeah, no, I I um, that Jax is a. Ridiculous character, like just in concept, but mm. like he was supposed to be in the original Mortal Kombat, and they got taken out, and I think for the better. Mm. Uh, when they were like, "Hey, there's no women in here, let's fix that." Um, but yeah, I thought Jax was like, I I thought Jax was like cool, but there, like the second game with his like weird USA Zubas. Mm -hmm. And then in the third game, <laughs> in the third game, when he has the metal arms, I just remember being like, wait a minute, hold on. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember thinking at the time, what is it about game makers and this overwrought metaphor with black characters and their arms? Because I was playing it so close to Axel and Twisted Metal and mm. <laughs> just... That's a little more on the nose, but like, yeah, uh, yeah let's let's take <laughs> black characters' arms away from them. Everyone will get it. <laughs> well, yeah. like, like I said, it was never initially clear, like, wait, are these 
you know, replacement arms, or are they just like you know, cool? What's the is it for? Where he sleeves? rips them off himself? Uh, well, I mean, that that was actually his one of his fatalities in Mortal Kombat Two was he like ripped other people's arms other people's off. arms yeah. off so yeah. you you would just assume that like oh did he fall victim to his own fatality walk a mile in my shoes fatality uh-huh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i guess but uh the the answer was uh, or that that question was actually answered in mortal kombat 9 when he fights ermok and ermok uses his psychic powers to basically make jax's arms explode ermok got gotcha. Yeah, the the soup soup you heard is like Sonia like runs up and uses her power rings to like cauterize both of his yeah his stumps. yeah you would bleed out man come on uh-huh. well, well, he, well he sounds yeah. like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger on the surface of Mars with no oxygen <laughs> <laughs> imagine casting that Sonia and then being like but you know what we need to do. Uh. Get Ronda Rousey. In the next one. <laughs> let's, let's let's ruin. I just um, I was um, we're gonna talk about more combat later, but I was mm-hmm. like so because like one of my friends was like, wait, is this a reboot? I was like, well, no, that reboot was like three games ago, and I sent like them a um, this like a. a a video of all the story stuff, and he got to Mortal Kombat 10. I was like, oh yeah, Ronda Rousey's in this a lot, and um, she had a voice. No, actor. she's terrible. Uh, <laughs> she, she, yeah, she's I never. I, 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 the second I saw her in Fast Seven, I'm like, man, you're so cute and and threatening. Just take an acting class. You're so rich. Just take an act. This is this is the next thirty years of your career. You could be. Fu- oh no! Go just, wrestle. Just That's take fine. a professional wrestling class. Just go wrestle. Like, yeah, one, one could say a, that as well. She take a wrestling class. Probably still take a <laughs> yeah. Class. Maybe, maybe take a class on how to take bumps. I don't know. Just yeah. uh, you know. Uh, I, I mean, when you have Bridget Wilson right there, like, why would you ever change the actress is that for the Sonya? original or like, the movie one? That's the original movie one. And it's like, yeah, well, she can I, still I do the voice. JR had commented on like last week's 30, 2010. Just, have you seen the the actress who played the original Sonya Blade? Yes. Have you seen, there's a lineup of all the actors. If you want to feel old, go look shit. at that lineup of all the original Mortal Kombat actors. Like they're, but they're like in their when 70s. When you see the original Sonya Blade, like I just couldn't help thinking like, yeah, when I was a little kid, like mm-hmm. I want to marry this girl. And if I had, how would I know she'd look exactly the same 30 years later? <laughs> Holy shit, she looks great. <laughs> she looks amazing. Uh, everybody wishes they would have married Sonya Blade. God damn it. Yeah. Sorry, Jax. <laughs> they wish what they would have married Jax. Jax is, I Jax has Jax. never been like my main in Mortal Kombat. Like, he's always been entertaining character, but I, I never used him that much. Like, he just, playstyle-wise, he's not my type of I, fighting. I, I was more of a Liu Kang guy. Too. I loved the grab. I loved the arm rip fatality. He was a lot of fun. Yeah, too. Yeah. He, he was a really good rushdown character. Too. Like he, he's just like Jax is really cool. I also like that Jax became more of a character. Yeah. Um, one of the things I loved about the, I think that's not talked about enough in the in the like remake stuff is 
how Earthrealm characters actually became interesting. Mm-hmm. And, like, Jack's and dealing with him and Jackie's relationship, like, really fucking great. And, like, basically having Jack's being, like, this almost, like, essentially, like, a, a retired football player yeah. who's mm. just, like, dealing with the PTSD of, like, fighting, like, the Netherrealm, like, forces and just being, like, in a trailer. Like, it's, I don't know, it's just really, yeah. like, I, I love Jax as a character. Well, I've, I've grown to love Jax. The, 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 the weird mythology that that went to with the last three games, it's just, like, well, when people die, they don't really die. They become revenants. They're, they're raised as revenants, and basically they become bad guys. But then they can be brought back to life and become good again. And, like, that happened to Jackson. It left him traumatized. But while he was recovering, that's when he met his wife and uh, had Jackie. And he's just, like, retired to his farm with his gigantic muscly metal arms and uh, sits around drinking and smoking cigars. Raising a bunch and, of cattle with them, yeah. with metal udders. And- and not the first time it's happened, because in like Annihilation even, like he, he's been retired in some games where like that's where they take him out of the rotation. Like, oh, he's too old. He's basically Danny Glover, too old for the shit. And it's like, okay, fine. Yeah. you know. He's, but he's you, in- you get both old jacks and young jacks with Mortal Kombat 11. Man, these arms are an upgrade. It'll be payback time next time I see Ermac. Oh, I made sure he got his. Hmm. I imagine future me is out kicking ass with these right now. Not really. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's out drinking and getting sad. Uh, but yeah, he's that... got Vera. He's happy with Vera. He's retired. That's that's his wife. And when he never mind. Vera said that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Matthew, I think I'm the only one who cares about the lore. I, I know too much about Mortal Kombat. Kombat story modes, apparently. I, 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 no, I'm with you. I I enjoyed but, that. But Viru, uh, his, his wife was dead in Mortal Kombat 11. So oh, that's, oh, okay. That's I'm part of the reason he's so depressed. Ah, yeah. Yeah. But, Remember, because that's where like his heart's like, you got to right. get, get him out of the house. Yeah. Um, uh, but Chronica can bring her back. That's why yeah. he's like, yeah. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, he, he sort of becomes a a well-intentioned bad guy for a little they while named in a final boss after Chronica. weed and got away with it, yeah. and we didn't yeah. even question them <laughs> um, like at all. We were just like, yeah, we get yeah. it, Chronica. We get well, you. Well, I also realized uh, I had never played Mortal Kombat Special Forces, and yeah. oh, the wow. writing in this game. So this is him talking to Kano near the end of the game, and I think they didn't quite get Kano's dialogue right. <laughs> oh, delicious irony. You shall be the first to serve me. The only thing I'm going to serve you is a steel fist to your face, <laughs> you delusional maniac. And after you get your pounding, I'm going to haul your butt back to prison back home on Earth, where you won't have the aid of this overgrown light bulb. Sorry to burst your bubble, Kano. But the only thing you're going to lord over is a porcelain throne and a four by four room. What? <laughs> a prison cell. Did he say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat you into an insane asylum? Well, well, I think he's I saying think, uh, a prison cell. Yeah. Prison yeah. cell. Yeah. Uh, file that one under white people writing how black they mm-hmm. thought black people thought. The beauty you know, of Jack. I'm going to serve you as a knuckle sandwich. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Part of the beauty of Jack is how many times they've recast him, but my favorite has to be like you can't it's all downhill from michael j white when he did that remember that rebirth web series where he was yeah Jax? yep i was like, just gonna say that that's the guy you cast in general because the guy who can actually fucking fight yes yeah yeah 
I mean, yeah, plays good Black Dynamite. Oh, I can't wait. By the way, that that new that new Black Dynamite. What? Is there new? Is it the old Western? The Western one. Yeah, they they put a trailer out for it, and I'm so excited. Yeah, like seven years ago. Yeah. No, they did one recently. I know, but the trailer was kickstarted. It was kickstarted a long time ago. Yeah. Movies take a while to make. But yeah. Yeah, Jack's rules. I want. Look, if we're gonna cast wrestlers, make. Uh, Big E, Jax. He can't wrestle right now. Big E would be great. I was going to recommend Apollo Crews, but Big E is way better than... than yeah, Big yes, e. I, I want a good actor, please. I want <laughs> well, Apollo, Apollo Crews is too short, Cruz. right? Although Big yeah, E's kind of short, too. He's like 5'9", 5'10". Yeah, and part of the reason that I, I th- thought, like, we were, we were discussing, like, which one should make it in, and I'm like, fuck it, Jax is so iconic that he inspired a drag race contestant who also took the name Jax and, like, I think uh, his uh, final appearance had, like, the metal arms as part of the costume. Oh, so, that's pretty right. Yeah, yeah. So, that's pretty fucking awesome. That's what I was reading about. I think, I think Diana told me that, yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, anyway, we should probably move along to... Number two. You better look now. Best to understand your situation sooner than later I know it's difficult but please look down it's best to see with your own eyes be brave no, Roma. try to calm down calm down Ever uh, since the Iron Man, everybody <laughs> wants the robot arm. <laughs> is this my uh, my answer to last week's question of the week about favorite sequel? Is this from Metal Gear Solid Five? This is, and that that is from the interminable, the interminable, unskippable, like hour and a half intro <laughs> to uh, Phantom Pain. Yes, the, the one where you see. You see uh, Big Boss piss himself. Like, in that, it's like the. I don't know why they focus on that in that scene. It's just like, okay, yeah. Big Boss has got to give. I was like, Kojima took. (laughs) Kojima just takes, like, these directed classes. He's like, I'm going to do this for a good 70 minutes before you start the game. Hire someone to tell me to stop. Fire me, I dare you. I've played through that, like, three or four times now. (laughs) That opening sequence. But yes, the. That that is, uh, you know, a very long sequence in, in which you're, you know, waking up from a coma in first person. And yes, the doctor is telling you you should look down because, like, after a week after you came out of your nine year coma, you realize, like, oh, I'm missing my left arm. It's just a stump. But uh, luckily, your uh, private military company buddies are there with a special replacement made just for you. We were lucky to get our hands on that cyborg arm developer. There's no one in Diamond Dogs who can so much as maintain that thing. Bionic arm, not cyborg, if you go by what he calls it. But you're right, the East is light years ahead in bionics. They can even detect through the skin the slight electrical signals from the brain that order muscles to move. The Soviet Union completed their first bionic arm capable of doing that back in the 60s. Although I guess that news didn't really reach the West. Yeah, you got to see a guy with that in Peace Walker. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So you you get a 
bionic arm. And why is this interesting? It's not just because it works and moves just like a regular arm, but because it does so much more. <laughs> and yes, they they use the sound from they the do. $6 million man. They do. <laughs> Otherwise known as my only laugh out loud moment in Mystery Men. Mm. That's Kojima. <laughs> Yeah, when Ben Stiller does the... Bi- I, I I knew Bionic Woman. I never saw Six Million Dollar Man. Oh, okay. Well, they, I mean, oh, they okay. were the one was a spinoff of the other. So they they, they, they used the same, same sounds, and they yeah. went in slow-mo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I only know one Steve Austin. That's Stone Cold, maybe. Goddamn right. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I mean, Kojima was obviously a big fan. Didn't he cast the Bionic Woman in Death Stranding? For like the I remake or so? Yeah. Um, Wait, Oh, I forget her name. It's not Linda Carter. That's Wonder yeah. Woman. Um, she was never bionic. Lindsay Wagner. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She oh, was yeah, yeah, the yeah. president. That's <laughs> what I thought. She was. She was Sam's mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What a silly game. Yeah. So uh, the the <laughs> the bionic arm has a bunch of different configurations and abilities. It can. Uh, you can, you can, it can actually make like a snap sound that replaces the knock where you can, you know, just knock on something to attract attention and instead just makes what? like, bzz, bzz, and mm-hmm. like, oh, it'll bring a soldier over to see, yeah, what's going mm-hmm. on. Um, it has uh, stun capabilities, like you can hook a battery into it and use it as a stun gun. Um, it You can upgrade that ability to the point where you are actually calling down lightning strikes Hello. to shock multiple soldiers at the same time so you can Fulton them easily. Uh, you can get the Arm of Jehuti from Zone of the Enders, and it can, like, pull, like, uh, telekinetically pull soldiers close to you. And uh, my personal favorite is, of course, the Rocket Punch, where the fist can detach and be piloted in, like, a third-person view to smash into people's faces to wit. That is punching out like three dudes in slow-mo. I remember when I discovered you could do that, and I'm just like, this is total cheat mode for this game. Like... I, I would just do it when I didn't need to do it. It's like, I'm just going to knock this fucker out. I'm going to send my missile arm after this dude. Yep. And it's like remote controlled while you're doing mm-hmm. it. It's so, Stinger it feels style. so good. It, it, so it's, it's something you, you have the ability to do the whole time and you just. No, I think, I think it. you have to unlock it. Okay. Yeah, I think you do. Yeah. But it's, it's like, once you do, it kind of makes a lot of encounters easy. Cause I don't even think you need to tag them like on the head or a place that would normally knock them out. I think it's like, if you hit them anywhere, Pretty much, it knocks them out if I'm remembering correctly, and so it's just like it's just really dumb, you know. Because most of that game, I spent just measuring up, you know, dudes with the binoculars, seeing who's S rank, and then knocking those dudes out, and then getting them the hell back to outer base yeah. or whatever, you know. That, that's I have a one of a kind revolutionary prosthetic that's probably extremely <laughs> delicate with all these tiny movements it has to make. I'm just gonna launch it at some dude's face yes. at high velocity. That's welcome to the USA, baby. Exactly. The 80s, we got an endless military resource budget. Please use your billion dollar arm. Billion dollar arm. So I'm I am I'm about to do something dangerous, guys. This is fuck. Uh, bring me back if I if if I start to spiral. Metal Gear Solid lore. So when you're playing five and you have this prosthetic arm. This is, we all know Metal Gear Solid Five takes place in the past. It's supposed to be in the 80s, right? Yes, 80s. Oh, yeah. I thought it started at the, at the Spike Game Awards. Because we saw Boss later in life in Metal Gear Solid 4 and things mm-hmm. like that. 
Was there any indication that he had a bionic arm in those later games or not? Was it always covered up? No, it was, well, I mean, it was never brought up. Like, you could assume, like, oh, he probably just, like, covered it with skin like uh, like Luke does in Star Wars. Okay. So, if you think about it, the only time you prominently see Boss's arm is uh, the very famous scene in 4 where he's saluting. He salutes, but he has his glove yeah. on, doesn't but he? But he has his glove on. Yep. I mean, he only shows up at the very end. Spoilers yeah. in, in 4. Can you spoil a thing you can't enjoy? This game I mean, is, you can, it's you the can, best Metal Gear. Yeah. People can go, I okay, hold on. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Absolutely, by I far. Think it is. I think, I think um, you can argue that MGS3 has a, a lot more the, interesting themes, but... Yeah, no. It's the it's gameplay the best wise. Gameplay-wise, 5 <laughs> is the best, by far. By I'm kind of on that side on this one. This is some Peace Walker ass fucking <laughs> <laughs> apologia. That's what this is. I'm I'm a what what is the one the um acid? I'm I'm a Metal Gear Acid player exclusive. Nobody's That's a Metal I've Gear played. Acid player. I'm a Snake's Revenge kind of guy, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like my Metal Gear with no Kojima. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's just Snake's Revenge and Metal Gear Survive. That's all you play. But it is it is funny that they that they like warn you like hey don't you know look down carefully you should see this the guy's already lost one of his eyes like at that point you're just like yeah whatever you know oh, another piece of me fell off okay it is what it is you know once you lose an eye it's <laughs> what is he a leper oh just what piece of my body falls off well, oh there I goes mean, my nose <laughs> if I'm weighing body part importance I'm probably taking eye over arm I don't know that's just me it's I think, well, I think the, the nine years is the the most important thing he's lost in that scene. Yeah, that's you wake true. Wake up like, oh, I've I've been asleep too long. You I hear a lot of good the, David Bowie music in that, though. So, you know, uh, saying without ruining any, anything, like all you guys are making me think of is Guardians Three, and and that's not a spoiler or anything, but you know, Rocket loves a detached arm. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna get that arm. Uh, <laughs> need to watch that movie. It's so see fucking good. I've thought about it every day since I saw it two weeks ago. Oh. I should go see it as Kevin Feige intended and see it in Japan. Uh, subtitled. <laughs> that's that's going to be the best way to see that movie. Uh, wait, yeah, allegedly there's there's 600 different ways to see the movie, so do your research. We're already at the end of this, so let's wrap it up with... Number one... Give me another series where you destroy Hitler and marry your hand. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't remember this song from Hi-Fi Rush, Michael. How dare you? How dare you not make Hi-Fi Rush probably deserves a mention, but like Matt said in the chat, like, no one cares about his arm. It's about his his iPod heart. (laughs) Right. (laughs) an iPod in his heart. It's Microsoft, so it's clearly a Zune heart. Thank you. Yeah, that's true. Yes, you're right. More Guardians references. Failed technology in his heart, yes. But this Uh, this is the wife arm, isn't it? This is the the wife arm. This is the wife arm. game that like realizing like we've been spoiling this for like 15 years uh with though the arm is his wife uh so bionic commando we were we were kind of forced into selling a shirt with uh, uh the website we worked at the arm is his wife jesus christ do you not remember that like no. it, that's all it said before we could like you know really move shirts or anything yeah. wow uh but bionic commando is like the the original like cool robot arm prosthetic that factors into gameplay thing. Such a cool uh, game. 
And, and yeah, this is another one like Jack's where it's like, it wasn't clear for years whether it's like, is this an actual prosthetic arm or is just this this just something you're wearing on your arm? But it has to be implied the amount of shit that's in that in his arm. Mm-hmm. It has to be a prosthetic. The, the amount of sh- I love the original Bionic Commando because it's like it had the balls of like, no, you can't jump until yeah. right. there's something above you. And there, that that implies there's so much shit in the arm, there can't be any organic still in there. But well, yeah, one of like the reasons we were heavy. all maybe fooled, though, the original cover art to the NES version, right. it is very clearly a human arm just with, like, a cuff wrapped around its yeah. forearm. It's, well, it's, uh, also an interesting aside, finding out that, like, so there was the original arcade Bionic Commando. Yeah, yeah, that, that art. But the original arcade Bionic Commando has, like, a very different-looking main character and finding out, like, that's supposed to be Super Joe of uh, <laughs> Commando and Mercs, and he's the guy that you save in the NES Bionic Commando. Yes. He's also the uh, surprise, again, spoilers, antagonist in the PS3-era Bionic Commando that kind of killed off the series. But, because uh, I think at the end of the NES one, he like, I'll be back. And he gives a specific date of, Does like... He? Of like ten years ago, something like that. I forget. I, wow. Yeah, I just remember when Bionic Commando Rearmed came out, and we were like, "Man, this is rad! I can't it's really wait. Good yeah. <laughs> can't wait for more of this." And then, like, okay, like, okay, it's been twelve years or whatever when that Bionic Commando game came out. The game was not good. It was not fun. And like, my most enjoyment of that. Is listening to like Talk Radar and Brett Elston, uh, who I guess was reviewing it at the time, just yeah. being like, "I need you to hear this," and I was just like, "I was like, what?" Like it, the audible what of like, it was totally out of nowhere for all of us. It was, yeah. it's it's one of my greatest podcast memories ever. Just that Brett saved that for us. Yeah, uh. but it's it's so weird that so the. It, with the the first Bionic Commando rearmed that was made by Grin, like yeah, it's a mm-hmm. straightforward kind of goofy remake mm-hmm. of the NES original, and then they came out with rearmed two and uh, Bionic Commando just no no number afterward, which was I guess Bionic Commando three officially, Technically. Uh, and the, those started getting into the idea of like you know we're going to explore this theme of disabled soldiers and people who have to live with these bionic prosthetics and the bionics are the only reason that as this character says they can live a normal life what was all that on the oil rig about your wife when i lost my real arm in combat that wasn't all i lost emily vanished off the goddamn face of the earth i figured she wanted a normal life no complications not having to take care of me that accident made you stronger. You can do things you could Even never. Bionics break, Mag. Indeed, they do. So yeah, they. Uh, <laughs> there are more Bionic Commandos than just uh, Nathan Spencer with his arm. There's like you know that Rad Spencer. Or wait, yeah. this is different. <laughs> well, Rad is his nickname. It was established yeah, in this one because we're getting serious, and he's got dreadlocks, and he's on death row. He's got uh, wiener hair. It's the 90s, and there's time for clacks. Uh, but <laughs> so that woman that was talking in that clip, she has like bionic legs. 
And and that's her thing that like, oh, I can I can walk normally, I can live a normal life, fuck a wheelchair, you know? But, you know, they, they raise a very important bit of foreshadowing there. And like, mm. oh, his wife disappeared at the same time he got his bionic arm. What happened? And again, uh, spoilers for the ending of Bionic Commando. <laughs> Skip ahead 30 seconds if you don't want to Don't. You'll, you'll never you're, play you're this. You're never going to play it. <laughs> Bionics are conscious devices, Spencer. It was all just a matter of storage capacity. The mind of the catalyst melds with the mind of the host. That is why the emotional bond must be strong. Why the catalyst must be someone close. You've been using her all along, Spencer. Emily's been along for the ride the whole time. <laughs> they are. This oh is why. This is wife. This is. I've never really understood this exactly. It's like, what did did they put her brain in the arm? Uh, is it just like we made a copy of her personality to put I, in I, there and then killed her for some reason? I played this and I forget it because because. Brett, this is like I wish our show was more famous. This is one of the funniest things that's ever happened in my life. Mm. The way Brett revealed this to us, but I thought it was that like it needed to be organic and it had to have a bond with the host somehow. So like you yeah, can't just go pick the... a random body. Mm-hmm. It it it, it ha- had to, the organic had to somehow love <laughs> the person <laughs> they're put in the arm of. Oh. So but what silly. if what if he was in a loveless marriage and they just assumed they loved each other? Yeah, and they must have like... been married for like one year because I guarantee it <laughs> doesn't work for people who've been, <laughs> been together ten years. We're in a fusion like, we wife together. He just re- keeps rejecting this arm. We don't understand. <laughs> uh, by the way, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole with Bionic Commando cover art, and so the, one of the other reasons we we're so confused, depending on which country you were in. So I'm looking at the UK Amiga box art. Not only did this guy have half a bionic arm like, that he's swinging from, his other arm's completely gone and is completely robotic doing other shit. So, like, yeah. there was a lot of creative license they were giving well, these it, people when they were, you know, adapting. I only remember games. reading a, a, the the guy who did Capcom's NES box art in the 90s. Like, he'd never heard of these games. He'd never played them. They just told them what they wanted, and he kind of had to imagine shit for himself. And I'm guessing stuff was moving so fast and had to move so cheaply... What are they going to do? Like, ah, technically, arm. no one knows the answer to that. Japan's going to take a, a fucking million years to answer. And <laughs> if there is an answer, uh, yeah, just go with it. Whatever you think yeah. looks rad in a box. Just, you know, uh, draw this. Your bionic arm can reach and attach to a surface if the attached reticle turns blue. Jump and attach to the green beam. You gather speed by pushing forwards or backwards while swinging. If you do it right, you'll travel further when you release. Also, you're married to the arm. You're married. <laughs> <laughs> it's that Bionic Commando game is such a great example of like this mechanic is so good, we can't manufacture force dozens of hours of gameplay unless we hamper its abilities. Because hmm. like that, those first couple levels are awesome. It's like now there are poison clouds. Don't swing too high. Like. What the fuck was the point of giving me all these abilities? Just, I, I thought I remember I Poison Clouds. Shit. That's right. Oh my god. It's um man. What those a... are the least. Those are by the, the worst sequences of the Spider-Man game. Yeah, like they had always. the Poison Cloud levels, and you're like, wow. And it's sucks. most of Bionic Commando. Three. Yeah. I I don't know. Like, not throw shade at Capcom, but I have no idea what was going on. In this remember me Bionic Commando era of Capcom, <laughs> that's like eight years like... removed. Like, uh, but 
some of it was Western. Like, people clearly prefer Western game, but we have to fucking create lore around this. Mm. Did they explain why they made what? the arm look like the fucking Soul Edge grafted on his arm in the, in the remake? Like, it, it looks, it looks it had, oddly... They didn't explain why it had hot dogs in it. Yeah, because exactly. When you're, when, you're, when you're grafting your wife's soul into a mechanical uh, thing, it has to look very much like a buster sword that a five-year-old drew. Like, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. has to. And I, I don't have any inside no- knowledge on this aspect of it, but it's one of the things I love slash feel like despair about when the Marvel vs. Capcom we talk about the Marvel vs. Capcom series but it's clear when MVC3 was made there was a lot of hope for Bionic Commando and I would bet everybody had played like the first couple levels and when MVC3 was in that like remember when MVC3 came out like tournament players are playing as Brad Spencer like all the time yeah he like it made people want to know more about him and then you learn he just hit you with his wife (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> this is spousal abuse, but he's abusing you with his spouse. Yes. Yeah. Technically, she's she's a co-defendant in that. Yeah. <laughs> God, I love the cover art. They have the arm smoking like it's a fucking gun. He just shut uh, off. Oh, I've been wow. using it to jack off and thinking it was the stranger, but the whole time it was the wife. That's been all this time sitting on my wife, trying to make it feel like a regular person. (laughs) That would explain why my arm wouldn't do certain things in bed. It's really weird. (laughs) Gross. Uh, Anyway, that has been our top five heroes. We've come full circle. We went from Barrett to this. You know, it's had to happen. Sex stuff. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So we will finally get into Zelda. Thank In the God. next segment, uh, we'll take a break and we'll talk about Zelda and more Zelda and um, some other new releases that came out this week, I guess. Uh, plus some news and other stuff, so stay tuned. And maybe you can understand how it feels to have a hand made of a rare alloy that shoots laser beams. But just stay out of my way and it should all work out fine. I'm a good guy out of war and sea. My robot arm. My robot arm. Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. 1978, they're shooting Superman 1 and Superman 2 back-to-back. I'm kind of becoming comic-obsessed in the early to mid-80s. I think Superman 3 is on the verge of coming to video, but basically I could just rent the first two over and over again. So I watched those over and over and over again. And to me, they they warm my heart. And by the time the Donner cut came out in, what are we talking, 06? To coincide, 06, I think, yeah. To coincide. Like, I watched it and, like, you know, I read this is technically better. I was a little kid. I didn't know what happened. I didn't want this version. It. I felt nothing when I saw it because, like, this is just not the nostalgic version I have for Superman. And Steve has an, an experience I'd like to talk about. It's hard to call any of these movies good because they're all bad and pee in the eye of Superman and, and everything you know about it. <laughs> okay, okay. 
Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our second segment, where we are sadly TL-less. But uh, let's continue our momentum and jump straight into... Obviously, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is a big deal. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. However, there are some other games that came out this week that we should touch on first. Uh, human- beca- Michael because, wants to touch on first. <laughs> well, because I don't want to have to be thinking about them through the entire Zelda discussion and then bring them up at the very end. Point. I like uh, this. I like so, this strategy. Okay, I Humanity like is basically what if... Garbage. Humanity it is, is garbage. It is right not. Now. Well, humanity, the concept, yes, it's garbage. Humanity, <laughs> That's what the I mean. game. I mean, I mean the actual yeah. humanity, yeah, is, yeah. Humanity, the game is pretty good. Uh, yeah. It's basically like uh, Lemmings meets Res, kind of, where it's uh, you, you are playing as a dog made of light, and your job is to bark directions at like huge throngs of people. So that they move around these bizarre 3D uh, altoscapes, I guess, uh, and, you know, walk through these puzzles and you want to get a path going so that they'll hit like various switches and eventually you'll you'll lead them into the light. Uh, If they fall off a cliff, the game specifically says, don't worry, because they'll just regenerate at the beginning. So you can have them keep dying endlessly and they'll just keep regenerating. It's very chill. In that respect, the challenge comes from there are these guys called now Goldies. You know how Trump viewed the presidency? Yeah, yeah, a million, kinda. two million. Do- doesn't matter. Do- they'll just come back and make and more complain. babies, more Americans. Uh, but th- so there are these guys called Goldies, which Trump would like because they're like you know eight foot tall golden statue men. And uh, the idea is you have to root the humans through them so that they wake them up, and then you have to get them safely to the end. So you don't want to activate them until you think, you know, you have a safe path. You know which way you're going. Uh, Because if they fall off a cliff, then it's like, oh, well, they're permanently gone unless I restart the level. And that's kind of lame. But it's it's playable in VR, which is weird. And, like, playing it in VR, realize, like, oh, this is, yeah, this definitely feels more like Res or or, uh, Tetris Effect. This is, like, a very strange, trippy puzzle game experience. Um, so if you're looking for that, yeah, I recommend that. So this game, by the way, getting great reviews and I was wondering why, and I think I figured it out. Mm. So, so much of like the games press has been laid off in America that like a lot of publications now are in the UK Mm -hmm. and because like the UK, the home of like lemmings, right? And so I'm like, oh, this is why it's getting like nines and above. It's all these UK writers like just remembering. Love their worms, love their lemmings. Love worms and lemmings. This is true. But also the game is genuinely fun. I've been playing it a little bit. Uh, I I really like what I have played. Uh, If you want a game with an essentially identical premise, but a completely different presentation, Tin Hearts also came out this week, and it's about guiding charming tin soldiers into, you know, lit gates. And the the difference here is that, like, you are laying down little triangular blocks to steer them around a, uh, like, an attic space or whatever. And, and you know, and, and it's very charming and twee. And um, I think of the two, I like humanity a bit better, but uh, they, they both have their charms. If that's the itch that you're trying to scratch this week, 
It's okay, Michael. Don't feel bad. Tin hearts can't be broken. That's true. They, they'll, they'll be fine. Yes! Just, Another just reference. bent very badly. Uh, Lego 2K Drive will also be out by the time you hear this. Uh, I'm looking forward to this one, actually. Yeah. I, 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 I like the Lego expansion from the Forza game last... Mm-hmm. Uh, Forza 4. And so I'm like, yeah, I could just do a, a, an entire game of that. Why not? That's, yeah. that's going to rock. Transforming rides? And, you know. But is that, does that feel like a bummer to Forza? Because every time they come up with a dope expansion... The rights holders or devs are like, we don't need Forza. I mean, yes and no, right? Because right. that, that Hot Wheels racer came out, and yet Hot Wheels came crawling back to Forza 5. Yeah, it's like, it yeah. was no Forza. <laughs> I'll put yeah. it that way. Um, but yeah, and, and now we can talk about Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, hey. which I, uh, I played all weekend. I know you guys have been playing nonstop during the work week because it's like 90% of what you talk about on our group chat. But. Not true. Had done a ton of adulting, um, mm-hmm. but I did want to give a shout out, like a, a subdued shout out to the Wii, the, the Switch Pro controller, because mm. uh, I started playing at midnight and I played for fifteen hours straight. Wow! Into the day on one charge. And that controller on one, it never died. I went to bed, and the PS, the PS. Five controller oh, man. is that like controls like three hours. It's like mm-hmm. five hours. It's it's yeah. not good, and especially if you're playing like Forspoken or a game that actually uses the con- like the haptics. Like the that shit's sense, not yeah. lasting at all. Like, it, it's but the, 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 the pro controller is using the gyroscope, and I say like that's great. But I also never spilled anything on that controller, and I find myself like, is this sticky or stiff or like I'm trying to fuse something to my arrow and it pulls up my shield. Hmm. Like I didn't press that. And it just, do you not have that at all? No. I don't, but I mean, I have lamented to you a few times, like, one of my only quibbles, well, actually, I'm, yeah, I have a few quibbles with this new game, but the controls, like, it's like, there's a lot of the times I know exactly what I should be doing and what I want to do, and it's the camera or something, like, especially when you're midair, like, when you're gliding and stuff, like, that camera... Good luck figuring out which fucking yeah, direction. It, it made me harken back to like, you. remember when you could pull up a menu and be like, how do my controls work? Yeah. In Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, your control, the con- whole control scheme will, will shift like 18 times and everything will mean something different depending on what you're holding. There's two in the menus. There's two menus for controls. There's like standard controls and yeah. then special controls. And you you find that like, like Chris is saying, like certain actions. There's like eighteen thousand bespoke actions that require. I've like, seen people bitch about the controls. To me, it's second nature, and that's why. Like when I think because of the pro controller, why would I change my shield? I'm sl- slow timing with my arrow out, and there seems to be like a split second of delay for the the game to realize what control scheme I'm trying to access because it shifts so much uh, but it's still intuitive and amazing and my short review of Tears of the Kingdom is yeah it's the best game of all time it's a contender for the best game of all time even more so than Breath of the Wild yeah. uh, so this is where I will put on the I will start to play the heel a little bit mm-hmm. I, I really love this game and and Okay, this has been so frustrating. I literally got sick the day Zelda came out. Like it wasn't like me. Oh, I'm calling him sick, sick or whatever. Because of Zelda now. But like, I I was I was so sick that I did not want to play Zelda. I'm like, no, I'm just gonna sleep. Right. So there was there was a whole period over the weekend where I just was not playing, and then I I but I you know started to pick away at it, and like I have grown to love it. But there, a lot of my complaints about the first game are still here and in fact the developers have leaned into those complaints so mm-hmm. we we're never gonna 
figure this issue out on this show. But weapon de- degradation. Either you like it or you don't. The devs straight up this time were like, fuck you, you better like it, because now it's part of the story. Yeah. We're explaining why every weapon in the kingdom is weaker than it was in the last game. Yeah, those weapons mm-hmm. that decayed so quickly before, like, they literally decayed after this, the, the uh, castle flew into the air. But I, I also think they're brilliant, and there was... There was a stupid meme flying around my corner of the world, and someone's like, define genius, what makes a person a genius? And somebody had a response of, a person who's a genius is someone who can explain to you complex things without making you feel stupid, and then making you feel like a genius for realizing what they're talking about. Mm. And I think that is one of the... I think if you're looking at game design, the fact that they didn't relent to people's biggest complaint about Zelda, that's part of their game philosophy. And I'm I'm sort of feeling it now more than ever. Fuck your weapons. Your weapons are stupid and replaceable at all times. You'll almost never get anything that is more valuable than the thing you'll end up discovering. And 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 unlike other games, unlike other games where there's weapon degradation, Dude, think of souls. The idea like, mm-hmm. yeah, this weapon just sucks. God, I hope I can get back to the thing and like fortify it. That doesn't happen. Instead, you pull up a menu without pausing the game, bring out another weapon, and just keep going. I mean, souls had degradation. Demon souls had it, and they got rid of it for a reason, right? Yeah. People hated it. Because because it was a shitty system, whereas I don't think this is a shitty I, system. I, 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 I'm, I'm defending it now. I, I understand what you're saying, and I do see the genius in like... You're right. Like, they're basically trying to... the way, How'd you put it? You're like, they're politely telling you you probably shouldn't be attaching or uh, approaching every issue like it's a combat situation, right? Like, they're, they're right. basically saying, like, hey, you don't need to always fight. To which my rebuttal would be, then why did you place enemies all over the fucking map? Right? Like... Oh, well, you don't need to You don't need to stab them, but you, you have so many tools at your disposal. You can you build do? shit that yeah. can fight them for you. I was having a, a ton of conversations with friends who love and hate Zelda this weekend because that's how fucking endearing the series is, including some haters. We- I, weapon degradation, I just don't get it. And, like, that is the game politely telling you, especially in this game, because you start out weaker and slower than you ever did before. Yeah, yeah, you die like, a lot in these like games. You're I, not I forgot supposed how much you to be die. engaging in combat encounters early on. It's telling you you're going to, unless you've mastered timing and dodging, you're going to get killed. You're going to get killed. But here, here's my complaint is like, I, I understand. And I even play that way. It's like, yeah, I'm not, I don't just go into every fight expecting to melee. Like I go in, like I told you guys, what I do is I typically scout the area. Okay. There's some traps here. I'm going to shoot like this bees, right. bees every, hive every, and that's like, going to attack every, the enemies. And oh, but then the polite way that Zelda's telling you how to play it. Every time you approach a situation, oh, there's a lot of spicy peppers, firebombs here. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a, there's, they never give you rockets or uh, balloons or anything like that. But when you see them, you have to wonder why they're there. They yeah. want you to use them. But and- even when you take advantage of that stuff, what every fight devolves into, if there's enough enemies there, is eventually they'll all just bum rush you, come to your location, eat right. like, you know, because your trap that you set off only killed a few of them. And then you have to engage with the system where the weapons, they just break way too easily. And again, I get it. They want you to be doing other stuff, right? And you're like, and Michael, you're like, yeah, you can build stuff that'll kill them. That shit takes 10 minutes to build and is nope. going to last like 30 seconds for that one fight. It's not worth it to me. I'd rather just not engage in the combat. It's just how fragile the weapons are. That I hate to say me. this snootily. You should not be engaging any enemy that doesn't engage you. That is how you should play Zelda. 
the, the the new one. That's but then my my rebuttal there is then why is there a fucking treasure chest next to that guy? That's basically those telling treasure me, chests like, you know now contain nothing like other garbage, than more right. But then why I, they put them in? Well, other than more weapons. I, I know you guys want to argue about, like, super specific stuff, but I kind of feel like we should have, like, a little bit of overview stuff. Like, if you haven't played the Tears of the Kingdom yet, like, okay, what is this? So it is the the overworld of Breath of the Wild. It's the same yes. Hyrule, but it's kind of been reshaped by a bunch of disasters and shit it's falling from the sky. It's been ruined by cataclysm. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to Another recognize. One. Like, I was, I was <laughs> asking you guys, I'm like, is this the same overworld? Over yeah. And then finally I, I came across some locations I recognized from the last right. game. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, it's it's the same one. They've, there's just been some catastrophic happening. It's kind of like when World of Warcraft had the cataclysm mm -hmm. expansion and it changed yeah. the world map. But So famously, uh, it adds a second open world on top of its regular open world, the Skyland area, which is like hundreds of feet up in the air. It's not something you can reach easily. Which uh, is, by the way, nothing like Skyward Sword. Thank fucking no. God. God. It is not Skyloft. It is similar to Skyloft in that, like, well, they're floating islands that are, like, you know, so high up that you can't really see them from the ground most of the time. What they didn't tell us going in, or the, like, at least I didn't know, is there is a third open world mm -hmm. underneath Hyrule that like looks a hell of a lot like when you go underground in Elden Ring. Yeah. It's like there's this whole other world down here. It is very dark and so you have to bring these things called bright bloom seeds and you can attach them to your arrows and <laughs> yeah, just just leave like little pads of light to find your way around. I was I was initially like I have here's all these things I do use in Zelda that I have fifteen of. Mm -hmm. And right. I, why do I have two hundred and fifty bright blooms? I'm selling these. And then I was like, no, I discovered or, the underground. And this is a perfect example of what's the genius of this game. Yes, you can do that. And I did that. Or there are things you can cook to make Link himself Yourself glow. Right. And he will mm -hmm. become a human flashlight. And that, that's, that is this game in a nutshell is like, there's probably 10 different ways you can approach almost every situation in the I game. Did, yeah. I did want to try something with you guys because I became... When I started playing it, I had encountered two situations where I got stuck. And so let me describe the first one to you. We saw it in the trailer. Uh, things, uh, Blocks that you can stand on will fall to the earth, and you can hit rewind, the new ability, mm -hmm. and bring them yeah. back up in the sky, Recall. and I can get to the yeah. sky island. I have been very terrible about playing the main game and main quests. I didn't have the paraglider, so I get, oh, there's a treasure chest on this island. And then I'm like, now I'm stuck on this island. This is to me. This is what makes this game great, guys. What do I do to get off this island? Be more specific with the situation. So you, you're on. An I have no paraglider. I have rewound a block, and I'm up in the sky. You're what up do in I the do sky. to get off? Okay. Um, I have no paraglider. Hmm. The uh, well, you can dive into water in any distance, any from yeah. any hey, height. And you I live. could dive off and look for a body of water. I tried that. There was no body of water. What else can I do? You could build a balloon and slowly float down. I had the ability to build a paraglider. What I didn't know at the time is that I had the ability to... I thought I had to launch it on one of those pads, and you learn, like, with a rewind and ultra-hand ability, you can throw it up in the air, and I didn't, couldn't do that. Yeah. Anything else? Because right. right now we have, like, four different options with yeah. no paraglider yeah. on how I to mean, escape this area. That's the beauty of this and then game. I, and then I was like, oh, I can just hit my map button and spawn to any uh, yeah just fast get, travel this is like 45 minutes i spent on this island uh one more one more because i thought this is great um i saw well went down there i'm like man there's not shit in here 
And I'm like, all right, I better crawl out of here. It's Zelda. It's Breath of the Wild Zelda. You can crawl out. Like, no, you can't crawl upside down. You came in through a hole. How the fuck do you? you how do you? You get have out a of new here? ability that you can go up through the ground. You, mm-hmm. you have the the ascend ability. The ascend. One, there's a balloon. There's uh, you can create a fire and paraglide out of there. You could rocket out of there. You could build a contraption to get you out of there. And they have the ascend feature, which costs you nothing, and feels like. This game was very okay with like, yeah, this is a Zelda game where you can cheat and use debug mode. Yeah. And the ascendability is like, I was always like, yeah, Link sucks at jumping. He really sucks. And like, here's this ascendability where it's just like, just stand under something and see if you can morph through the top, the roof of whatever you're doing. And you can't use it everywhere, but it's like, they, they do have some guidelines there. Yeah, yeah, you, you can use it under statues by aiming directly up at where their butthole would be. And yes. just zip up through them. You know where else you can use it? You know the stone taluses, the giant stone kaijus? Mm-hmm. You can ascend through them oh, onto their back. Oh, wow. That's a good call. Right. That's why I use the try everything, because like, you would think, like, God, I wish I could do that. Most games wouldn't let me do that. This game's like, if you can think it, it's yeah. probably possible. Yeah, actually, what they do is there's a lot of stuff that you, you have to unlearn from the first game. So, like, the stone taluses were in the first game, or Breath of the Wild. And you can the way you fight them is you you shoot an arrow at their sensitive spot and they will collapse and you climb you climb up them and then that's how you you reach that spot to wail away with your melee weapon right you can do that still but to Chris's point like there's probably better ways so like yeah. here's an exa- I won't spoil too much there was a boss fight and I won't say which one it was where Chris and I were comparing notes and I was like yeah the they had set up like if you are a typical action player like basically this fight had a series of springboards around. And so they they were, and then the boss had a weak spot. And you know, in in these games, if you shoot an arrow while you're up in the air, it's going to slow down time. Mm -hmm. So of course, as an action gamer, you'd be like, okay, so I should use the springboards, go up in the air, float, shoot the weak spot. Or Link has an ability. Now he can just grab that weak spot and yank it out of the boss for Mm -hmm. you, right? And it's just like... I had no... I had fought a dozen of these things and Matt's like yeah you can just grab your ultra hand ability and yank a what I'm building contraptions to fly myself <laughs> into the sky to see his shit and you can just rip it out of his yeah, body I, that, I that's just love that genius. yeah Link can tele- telekinetically manipulate just about anything and then like yeah you can you can I love that there are those uh, here use these uh, construction materials for something if you want and like, just use those to make like the shittiest cars imaginable, and like, it's just a plank <laughs> with like two two by fours and attached little wagon wheels to the ends of the two by four, and then like put a fan on it, and now it'll just go straight. Uh, and I can pick well, it yeah, up they're with the hand if I want to the, re-aim it. Yeah, the construction sites are like everywhere in the world. And guys, I hate to say it, was Banjo Kazooie nuts and bolts just ahead of its time? Because that's basically what this game no, is a lot of. No, it also wasn't great. Because all, all they did was make shitty cars that you couldn't really control that well. And, if, and you, it, like, you start out playing uh, Tears of the Kingdom, like, man, these are a bunch of nuts and bolts things. And you get the control stick and battery op- like options. And I'm going to spoil things for you guys, but they're not spoilers necessarily. Okay. Uh, the ability you haven't unlocked yet. Hmm is auto-built. I've seen that used in TikToks. So, like, you can save a configuration. Yes. And, like, when you hit the underground, it always, like, yeah, here's an engine, here's a fan, here's a rocket. With a control stick and two fans in a bright bloom, you can make a light-based hover cycle that lasts almost forever to zoom around the gloom-covered 
uh, bottom of the area. And, and I just want to mention a bunch of batteries or something because that that's what's been limiting me so far with the the things yeah, I build. Yeah, but, but is in like... that situation, you're kind of zooming the bot the area the bottom uh, the bottom of Hyrule is the most fascinating to me thus far because mm. it does unlock a lot of secrets. You you get more batteries by being down there, and I've only unlocked like two extra battery s- cells because it's it's a lot to unlock. That one to me, honestly, because it's like. So far, at least to me, it's the most empty part of the game. Like, it's very, you know, it's super dark and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, did they just see what Elden Ring did and literally be like, yeah, we should have an underground world too? Like, it- I think they, they wanted to be able to say they doubled the size of Hyrule without changing Hyrule. Yeah. And and, yeah. and so here's here's my minor spoiler slash this, make, like, making me feel like a genius even though I'm not. You go to that underground area, and some you know sometimes there's missions, and sometimes you're not sure what to do. And but what you want to do is walk between light blooms, these things that create vast fields of light mm-hmm. and connect. Uh, basically, you make the area living again. It's how you open the map, yeah. Like it's how you reveal the underworld mm-hmm. map. So right? in in terms of making me feel like a genius in the stupidest way possible, I'm down there. I'm like, where the fuck is this light route? And I was looking at the name of the light route spawn points, like. God, this is aggressively Japanese, even more so than the shrines. I'm like, what? How do you even pronounce this? And then it occurs to me, the light roots are the names of the shrines backwards. Everything, mm. every shrine you unlock on top is telling you right beneath that is a light root. Mm. Ah. See what I'm saying? Like, it's so dumb. It's a la carte stupidity <laughs> that makes you feel like a fucking genius. And this happens every 30 minutes in Zelda. That's like a pretty big minutes. spoiler, honestly. Mm. That's, uh, it's not a spoiler because it doesn't have anything to do with the story. Yeah. Mm. But, like, uh, but yeah, that, that, it's, it's a good hint because, like, if you're wondering where's the next light route, you unlock points on the old map. And, and the other thing was, like, you do feel overwhelmed in fights. I don't think you guys know. <laughs> You will get companions hmm. that you can control and fight alongside you oh. and absorb. Uh, yeah. The, I and, experienced and, and, and that again. once, and I told you guys about it. And I, again, I won't spoil too much. There was a shrine I went into where all I said to you guys is like, I just fucking was in a shrine that was Robot Wars. I had to build Roombas to fight on my behalf so I could finish this shrine. Like, it, 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 they put all the pieces there. Yeah. One of them had a fucking flamethrower. One of them had spikes on the front of it. And I'm like, and I, this I, was a that shrine. That was one that took me the longest, because I'm like, yeah, this vanilla Roomba, go kill him. And like, no, you're naked, but they're giving you things to fuse to these things yeah. to make yeah. them more lethal. And I wasn't right. using them, uh, and I kept getting overwhelmed. But, yeah, I say spoiler, it's the third mission you get, the third main quest you get. Mm. But like Zelda is so tra- this is such a transfixing game. You, I didn't do it. Yeah, no. But- I I once I did like there's a couple quests you should do when you start the game to mainline to basically unlock the ability to uh, use the towers on the overworld. So that basically mm-hmm. the towers. I, I swear to God, I play all these games the same. Assassin's Creed, Far Cry's, this game. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to see the, the world. first thing I want to do is unlock the entire map. I just want to go to every tower and unlock the map, and from there decide what I want to do. That exists in this game, and that is that is. Once I got past those first two quests, it's like all I've been doing since is just unlocking right. towers. The, the and folks who are young, the weapons degrade, and like it's telling you not to fight yet. Don't yeah. fight yet. Yeah. The only reason I fight is if I'm encountered or if like. Ooh, I found something cool, new and cool to fuse, and I need a fucking stem cell of a weapon. That's when I go and fight Buckhoblin, whatever yeah. they're called, scrubs. 
There, there's no reason to otherwise. And and like in people, that's not Zelda. I'm like, maybe we have different versions of what Zelda is. I'm someone not saying it. This is the way it should be. I hate, I didn't like Twilight Princess, and I don't like Skyward Sword. I think they're not good. And part of that, like, is your memory of what's cool about Zelda, like, oh, I just respawned again. Time to go to where I need to go to progress, and a thousand knights come at me, and I just... Think of Link to the Past, like, just all these scrub shit, like, bats and knights, like, fucking boring. Boring! Mm. It sucked, and it made you mad. The things you remember from Zelda is, like, pushing a rock to reveal a cave, or the, what the hook shot can do. Like, those are the cool things are what, what Zelda's... And this, this game has fully realized that. So if you're approaching it like I should be able to sword swipe anything I want, that's no, that's not that's not how you play this. Yeah. Unless unless you want to get like super combat mastery, which I I loaded up uh, uh, Breath of the Wild about six months ago and just like, dude, I suck at this because I forgot yeah. the timing on everything. Well, I think I told you I beat one of the bosses. I only had like four or five hearts, and you're like, you're a madman. Why would you yeah, even try that, that boss fight? <laughs> And, and I was and out honestly, there exploring. The game becomes Dark Souls when you do that. Like it yeah. felt like a fucking Dark Souls well, boss fight because I was it was basically one shotting me if I got hit, you know, and I, I beat it without getting hit. I was like, okay, this it, is like Dark Souls now. I, I think we're talking about the the weapons degrade really fast. Obviously, mm -hmm. what makes them interesting, and since you're talking about that feeling of discovery, Chris, is that you make weapons more powerful by fusing other things to them, whether it's other weapons or other objects mm -hmm. in the environment, and like some of those, it's just like. Hey, I, I took a Lizalfos skeleton arm and fused it to a boomerang. Now I have a really shitty weapon that <laughs> does some damage. What, that skeleton but, arm is really powerful. Yeah, but that's then, like a twenty power. Yeah, but but then you'll Super brittle. you'll find other like combinations. Like okay, clearly this was meant to be. Like you know, I'm gonna like put a boulder on a stick. Now I've got a sledgehammer, for instance, like that. My favorite is that there are these. I think they're the black bokoblins that have like the, yes, the triple pronged the horns. Yeah, you put you put that at the end of a spear. Now you've got a cool trident. And mm -hmm. like it, it just feels very natural. And if, and, like, you didn't hear me say in the chat. You fuse. Uh, I think they're called like likes. They're the giant yeah, yeah, worm yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, the things that eat shields. Yeah, they used to eat shields. Now they eat you and spit rocks yeah. at you. I haven't seen the. Uh, I, I I know there's elemental abilities that I'm not exploring. Like certain things are weak to whatever I fuse to this weapon. Mm -hmm. But those things are like, well, here's an ice like like stone, and here's a fire. In environments where you usually have to eat to withstand the heat mm -hmm. or uh, cold, mm -hmm. if you, as long as you have a like-like infused weapon equipped with fire and ice in most areas, you don't have to do that. Mm. And you sw mm. you switch to your powerful weapon when you need to. You take that like very very slow heart damage. It's amazing. It's amazing to discover that on your own. And I'm sorry I ruined it for you. But to say we we can't really even talk about. Zelda without spoilers because everything's a spoiler because yeah. if you just try and experiment it's a, it's a game about experimentation but it's this, amazing and that's why the weapons degrade because they're like don't get used to anything fuck around mm -hmm. well I, th I fuck think around. one of the other reasons is this, this game is not so much an action adventure game as this is an open world puzzle game this is Professor yeah. Layton open world like it's mm. it's Everything is a puzzle. Every shrine is a puzzle. Every fucking cocoa seed, or what are they called? Um, Koroks. Uh, Korok seed. Oh my god! People are torturing the poor Koroks all over oh, socials. Boy, yeah. Like somebody, hilarious. somebody They're put a bunch of them one. on a, a rotisserie and was roasting them. People are attaching rockets to them. People are putting them on crosses. 
it's his fault. He's too lazy to walk. So, you know, mm. it's yeah, yeah, there's a fat Korok that needs to be re- reunited with. An, and so unlike other Korok puzzles, this gives you two. It's worthwhile to solve. Uh, and and he's fat. No, sorry, he's not fat. He's attached to a big backpack. Yeah. Once you realize yeah, the game doesn't walk. tell you this, you cannot kill him. So do whatever you want to do. <laughs> do whatever you want to do. Are you guys finding, so, so far, I've... I feel like Breath of the Wild was lousy with Korok seeds. Like, everywhere I looked, I'm like, oh, that's a Korok puzzle, that's a Korok mm. puzzle. I'm finding far fewer in this game. Like, they're, or maybe they're Mad better disagree. hidden, or, like, there's just fewer of them. Like, I'm not finding no, as there's, many there's, as there's I there's think. more than ever. Really? Because that's the, my only other, like, complaint as a game rawr about this, when we talk about it, like, where are you in Zelda? And we used to be able to say, I'm at the third dungeon. Mm-hmm. How many hearts do you have? Like, well, that's... It now incredibly subjective because yeah. you can do whatever you well, want. I have with, a ton of uh, stamina. I, I chose stamina. Yeah, like hearts. I have, like I could say to you, I have two stamina wheels. I have fifteen hearts. Mm-hmm. But then they only show you in like load screens, like how many Kuroks and shrines have you found? I'm at seventy five with over a hundred Kurok seats. I'm at the water temple. I'm at the fire shrine. Yeah, I'm at the combination water temple fire shrine. Yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's how you like. There's no way to measure your progress against your friends. But I'm telling you, from my gameplay, that's how much ex- exploring I did. I have over 100 Karak seeds, and I find new ones every four feet, and I haven't unlocked or mm. seen. Mm. I think even half of the area of Zelda. So, so the like we were talking about weapons. Like I have all these weapons in my arsenal that I never use. I'm holding the strong ones out for the weapons. I'm holding the elemental ones out for environments I can't survive in without food. Yeah. Because for the first time ever, I maxed out meals. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, it sucks. That That's actually one of my big complaints is there's some quality of life stuff. So the Korok seeds, again, you need them to expand your inventory. And a lot of my issue with the weapon degradation isn't that the weapons break. It's that... It only, when you start the game, it only lets you hold like four or five at a time. And so because they break so quickly, it kind of sucks. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm spending a ton of time in the menus when I shouldn't be. And that, and I'm doing that this game, just like I did breath of the wild. And it's, that's just part of the problem with these systems is like, I'm in, I'm either in the menus, you know, getting ingredients to cook. Uh, I'm in the menu, even it's not really a menu because it's in the gameplay, but like when you're fusing shit to your arrows before you shoot them, right? It's genius that you can do that at any time, but it's like, I spend a lot of time like, you know, I don't know up. why there's not an option if I s- step to a fire, like, I want to cook this meal. Yes. Why do I have to individually select? Grab each and ingredient. Yeah. Th- the thing they fix is that, like, you can look in your, uh, if you hit a button in your meals, you can see what recipe makes what. You couldn't even do that before. No. It, you had wow. no idea. Or, or, here's an example. I don't know why every time I fire off an arrow once I've infused one, they don't give me an option of, like, hey, I want to keep shooting fire arrows. Like every arrow yeah. I have to infuse. There's no, there's no like, you know, okay, hold this button and you'll keep shooting off that type of arrow. They, they let you sort by, uh, sort what you can infuse to an arrow in three different ways, but they're all not very convenient. Yeah. One's by power. One's by frequency used. That's the best one I yeah. found thus far, yeah. but that, that as a gameplay design, that will prevent me from using other things by making, because sometimes if you switch from like, Sort by type. Uh, I'm in, underground. I want to use a bright bloom, and oh, I might want to use some fire or bomb against this guy. It is literally 200 swipes. Yeah, 200 fast swipes. Yep. to get to that to where it feels silly. Anyway, it we could go silly, on for like, hours. I I suspect I you'll be hearing to. us talk about this game again sometime this year. But we should probably. It's, probably. it's one of it's it's in the top three ga- best games I've ever played. I played dozens of hours. No other game this year. 
will ever beat it uh, in terms of quality. I, I thought it was fascinating looking at this Japan's seventh highest uh, in history launch uh, of yeah. any game. The game's already sold, I, wonder, I think, 12 million units or 10 million units in like 10 million three days. units it's, last we read. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. But because, that, but it, like, if you haven't heard us say that before, Zelda's something people like us like, and Zelda's something we all like and cherish, but it's never the big system seller for any Nintendo platform. And this has rivaled a Pokemon launch. It's wow. gotten Famitsu's, like, seventh ever perfect score and this is massive massive and 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 if breath of the wild despite your complaints uh anybody's complaints not just um matt and michaels if it was so easy to do you think we would have seen a ripoff in the last six years and we haven't Uh, that's how hard it is to fucking make and huh genshin impact yeah we've seen it no we've seen a few breath of the wild likes but none that have elder ring is a breath of the wild like yeah um, Immortals Phoenix Rising a little bit, but but like when I when I think of Elden Ring and what I love about it, and I love the combat. I don't want Elden Ring Souls combat in a Zelda game. I just don't. But what Elden Ring is is a series of right angled walls with cool fights in them. This is like you turn right, that's a puzzle. Turn left, that's a puzzle. Go forward, that's a puzzle. There, there, Elden Ring has none of that. There's a billion ways to interact with this world. I don't want to talk about anything else. Michael has his hands on his forehead and his head. No, back. I'm just scratching like, my my head. This is the best thing that's makes me optimistic for humanity and this medium. Like the, this game is great, great. And if I had a million billion dollars, and I had to say this to a couple friends, what I would pay everyone to do is to play this for twenty hours because it. What I what I remember always hating about Zelda games, and this is as an adult. It always takes six hours to start. Always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has this a bit takes of a slow you, start. Mm-hmm. If you haven't played Breath of the Wild, this will take even longer yeah. to feel like you And there is a bit at the beginning that kind of sucks, where like it sends you into a cold area for the first time, and mm-hmm. it's, it's an area you have to go to. And if you don't know what you're doing, even if you do know what you're doing, it can be kind of a slog. I found out something... What, so that that scenario, it's like it's a cold area, and there's chili peppers all over the place. So I'm like, okay, I'll cook, what do you cook do? a bunch of them and make a, a thing. And I found out the hard way, like, oh, if I eat something else that has effects, yeah, overwrites the, effect. yeah, the cold resistance will go away. Oh, it does. You can only have one yes. effect at a time. And yeah, so there was like a long stretch where I'm like, I'm in an area where there is no cooking pots nearby. I have no more hot dishes i'm kind of fucked so you didn't I, have any temporary cooking pots from the gotcha machines no uh i hadn't gotten to that point yet because it's you know you don't you don't have the gotcha machines yet well i i try to tell you guys when you start out the game don't bother exploring as as with all things well i had to explore i had to get to that third shrine. I, me too i did uh, too but, but it was worthless as as with all things in this game there are always multiple uh solutions and i found out later yeah. like okay so you get a lot of sticks in this game those sticks can be lit on fire and yeah. carried around like torches, and the It'll fire warm. will keep you warm. Yeah. Yep. yep. So if all else fails, that can work. This is my my only other hot strat I will give out. This is a free one. You can you can fast forward if you don't want to be spoiled. In that area, you can use the ascend ability. There's a pair of snow pants that will keep you warm <gasps> most oh, areas man. of the game. 
Huh, right I there, got, right there. It's like literally, we're talking in the middle of the tutorial. It's the opening tutorial. Got to get back them. there and find those. You yeah. guys should have found a great fairy by now. But unlike the previous game, you have to figure There's out. There's a quest line. Open, the yeah, band quest line, them. right? Yeah. Once you do, I'm like, guys, I have 36 level armor. You start out with like maximum nine level armor, and I have 36. I can go almost anywhere and to withstand a ton of damage. Uh. This fucking game is so goddamn good. Oh, yeah? Well, I used uh, an item dupe glitch to buy all the armor in the game, so fuck you. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I cheated. I saw the glitch. I totally and used it. It, it was I the first totally time I was like, I, I wrote about it, and you guys didn't respond. Like, I'm really conflicted. I want to cheat here because you, like, rupees are fucking scarce for yeah. the first time Enemies don't drop ever. them. They're hard to find. They're not drops. Nobody drops rupees. Those are the things in chess a lot of the times. Actually, they're never in chess. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're only quest rewards. You, 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 there's a lot of vendor craft that you can sell to merchants. Yeah. Like, yeah. Totally. Like, oh, you can shoot those little What am bunnies. I going to do with this? I'll sell it. Yeah. But yeah. if you fortify um, your shit with topaz, you, could, you, you look at the menu, which... It took me a while. It's like fuse ability. You will add like nine ability to your weapon, hmm. which is crazy. Crazy, especially if you have like a 20, 30 level ability. Anyway, yeah, it, it's, it rewards. The, the things people are frustrated are about are the game politely telling you like, maybe this isn't what you should be doing. Try playing around a little bit. Yeah. And you have hundreds of options to play around. The game wants you Do to it. make like your girlfriend in college and experiment. <laughs> Try everything. Yeah. All right. Well, that's enough Zelda for now. We'll probably talk more about it. I disagree. Next I'll week. never stop. I know. We, maybe we'll do a spoiler cast. I'm dozens of hours into, into this game. I'm nowhere near. I haven't even started the main mission for the most part. All right. Well, let's move along to. We totally called this one. So Mortal Kombat 12 was revealed uh, this mm -hmm. week, and it is, I think, the one thing we didn't call. It's called Mortal Kombat 1. Yeah, but that the is actually the title. That, the reason it's called it's that a, is we called the reboot. It's a sequel to Battlefield Zero. Yeah. Right, it's a sequel to Mortal mm -hmm. Kombat 360. But the, no, the reason <laughs> we called this is we, we, after the events of 11 and the 11 DLC, we said, oh, they're going to have to do some sort of timeline reboot. And luckily, though, it's it's it. It's a reboot, but it's still a continuation of the story from yeah. Eleven, like after the events of Eleven, because the, the trailer is basically Liu Kang is Chronica now. He's the time god of thunder and fire and time and all this shit, and he has recreated existence. And the whole trailer is about, like, you can choose to fight or you can choose to be peaceful, right? And then there's a big thing I happening. I didn't take it like that. I, I chose it was, you can choose your alliances or... Uh... No, no. Every every think, scene. There's no peace re, in Mortal Kombat. Go go rewatch the trailer. Every scene, they're they're either being peaceful or they someone will have like a I look at a weapon. They're affiliating alliances. Well, I, who you will be fighting? With. I think the I I watched it a couple more times, and what I think is it's saying is that like so, Liu King has recreated the world. Everybody is like more or less getting along. It's peaceful, and then Shang Tsung shows up. And starts killing everybody, and like, oh, even even in a peaceful, perfect world, you still choose violence. So I'm yeah. gonna do a violence on you. What's and, the tagline? The tagline at the end was like, "It's in the blood, or it's in mm -hmm. our blood, or something yeah, like yeah. that." And it's, but yeah, no. So I'm excited. Um, the other exciting thing: this is coming in September, so it's it's wow, yeah, it's right around nuts. the corner. Four four months after Street Fighter Six, by the way, hmm. we are is getting it? Mortal Kombat One. 
but uh, I am so excited. So yeah, look forward to that one. And uh, yeah, I'm glad we called it. Um, there was so this this is a bit of a weird one. We talk a lot on the show about online games and and what happens and you know when when they get delisted eventually or the servers get shut down. This is especially weird because this is an online game that you most likely got for free as part of Nintendo Online. So Pac-Man 99 is getting delisted. Great. Yeah. Um, they announced so like it will no longer have the be- the thing that makes it cool, the battle royale mode, the online mm-hmm. functionality is is going away. You, I guess there's always been an option. I just never did this. You can buy that game even if you're an Nintendo Online subscriber. Like there's like extra modes you can buy, even like offline modes against CPU. So they made it clear, like, you can buy it and still own it, but it will no longer be part of Nintendo Online. It, you'll no longer be playing real human opponents. It'll only be CPU when this happens. I, I want to say, like, the takedowns are coming in, like, October or something mm-hmm. like that. So you still have time. But it's so weird because this this game was, like, Ninten- one of Nintendo's justifications for why people should pay for Nintendo Online, right? Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. they've, they've added enough since where they no longer need it, but it, it's still... Sort of feels weird that this is like. Why is this getting? Delisted? Do you want to play decap attack on your chest? <laughs> Do I ever? I, yeah, I mean, because other than this, they had um, the Mario kind of version, which was cool. Thirty-five. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just kind of wonder, like, was this a licensing thing where they no longer wanted to pay Namco Bandai? Was this just a player thing? Like, not not enough people I were mean, if you online. Remember, Nintendo isn't really fucking around with sign up for this and play it forever it's like sign up for this and like this will temporarily be here and it will go away up to and including mario 64 3d 3d all-stars remember like they gave it a limited window that was i'm not sure that's the best strategy to go with but you know whatever try it out nintendo you i'm always wrong when it comes to you yeah the disney vault strategy for video games seems like a choice but Mm -hmm. Coming soon to the Disney Vault. Something forty years yeah. old. Remember, that's what they did with the uh, the NES Mini, what NES Classic, for a while. It's like it, this is just supposed to be like a limited release for collectors. Like, and then like, oh, everybody got one. Okay, I guess we'll pull it off the market now. And it's like, no, they all went to scalpers. Yes, yeah, Asshole. they got bought out by people who are sitting on them. Nobody can get one. Yeah. It's that adorable quality of Nintendo being 10 years behind on everything. Mm-hmm. Sometimes more years. Well, nobody can get one of those, but people can now luckily get PS5s. And just in time yeah, for his PlayStation yeah. to have their their stand-in for what would have been E3. It's happening May 24th. There is a PlayStation showcase, which they, they reserve that showcase titling, I think, for the big press conferences that they do right so i actually never put it together this is their e3 substitute yeah well it, it is yeah. weird that it's coming mm-hmm. this early but but sure looking forward to it they already confirmed uh, i mean this will be big and there'll be a bunch of new stuff because it is like their e3 thing but they did confirm already some of the games that will be shown i'm excited to see marvel spider-man 2 and, yeah. and wolverine by the way both being shown yeah. so that that'll be the first time we maybe see gameplay of Wolverine. Uh, we've only seen a CG trailer so far. Mm-hmm. They've promised to show off that multiplayer Last of Us game that was supposed to ship with two that they conveniently forget to always mention that, uh, yeah, is now a standalone sold by itself. Uh, a multiplayer Horizon game from Guerrilla Games, because that's what they do now, so Horizon Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then some other, like, stuff. They they also said um, they were going to show off the Bioware Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake. 
which okay like <laughs> i the thing okay. that got me excited in the press release like it will be showing ps5 and psvr2 titles I'm like oh psvr2 exists i forgot yeah. so oh, yeah. i hope their their announcement is a nintendo 3ds long bow and a fucking half price cut because otherwise i'll never touch this thing yeah I think yeah, three hundred fifty, two hundred fifty. That's that's like, I my like limit. I traded in a bunch of stuff and got a big bundle, and I still didn't pay more than four hundred mm-hmm. and got every killer app on that system. Sorry, like I more than four hundred dollars get fucked, get fucked. No, yeah, what one is it? Five fifty for the bundles? Like or yeah. it was six hundred for the bundle with the Horizon thing, right? I think that might be five fifty. I think okay. it's like six hundred. Yeah, no, I think yeah, I you're think, right, you're right. It's a lot because I think five hundred is. Or 550 is base for whatever you need for PSVR 2. It's more than the system itself. Yeah. Considerably more. Like, more mm-hmm. than $100 more. Yeah. So, I, I, um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to what we'll see. Like, there's there's a lot of speculation. So, you know, we, we might see Mortal Kombat 12. Uh, we might see Tekken 8, which we know is coming. We could also get Tekken this year. We could get Street Fighter 6, Mortal Kombat 12, and Tekken 8 in the same year. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell? Sorry, Mortal like Kombat 2002 one, all Mortal over Kombat again. Mortal Kombat 1. Yeah. Yeah. Which you... Don't I'm do, with Matt on this. Do like, you don't like, want, I don't want to acknowledge because I know they're doing 13 next. There's no way mm-hmm. the next game is Mortal Kombat 2. Here's... I actually... I, I wanted to ask you guys that. So I have a solution for all these fucking weird game franchise name reboots or whatever. Just do the Madden thing. Just call it by the year it was released. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the only way we're going to tell that shit apart. Like, God of War... What do we call that God of War remake? We call it, what, God of War 2015 yeah. or whatever. 2018, the fuck yeah. 2018, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, yeah, just do that. Just be like, hey, this will be Mortal Kombat 2023. And it's <laughs> clear, like, now more than ever with Wonder Discovery Overlords, Mortal Kombat is going to come out, not annually, but fucking regularly. You can set your watch by it. Just like their teaser, where they had the picture of the watch. You got mm-hmm. it. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, but what else can we see? Maybe a little Death Stranding 2? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Maybe a little Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Hmm. Again, I, did, I didn't think of it as their E3. There's going to be some surprises in there. I'll definitely show up. Yeah, there's got to be. Do you think uh, God of War? Probably not, right? Too soon? No. And I think they've said that, you know, God of War, that's just going to be those two games, right? Although they, they did set up a, a pretty good sequel with, I'm not going to spoil anything with the end of Ragnarok, but... Uh... Yeah, they did. No, that I wondered though what they didn't say they wouldn't do. They could do the Uncharted Lost Legacy thing and kind of have that yeah. spin-off, right? Like that's they could true. just that's be true. You play as Loki. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't um, know. Mischief of War. I, that's what I'd call it. That's the most elegant solution. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking probably we'll see something other than just the multiplayer game from Naughty Dog. Like they have to have been working on something else other than just that multiplayer thing. That that's that team is too into single player cinematic experiences not to have something. Hmm. Yeah, and I really, I really thought we'd seen the end of Last of Us single player multiplayer content, but that the way the show has become, what would you call that, an old world phenomenon? <laughs> like even my dad likes the Last of Us show. Hmm. Like that's a game. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was no hit Jack and Daxter or Uncharted uh, TV franchise, so they might they might get <laughs> yeah. dragged back. Or yeah, you know, how can they, you not? It, it might be one of those things where it's just like, look, someone has to make it, even if Naughty Dog doesn't want to. We'll just pull in some other developer, do like yeah. a Bioshock Two kind of thing. We'll have three publishers on this game. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, Sony is is nature's healing, the industry's healing. Sony's having their E3 stand in. 
Activision Blizzard announced that BlizzCon is coming back in the flesh. We are having an in-person BlizzCon later this year. I think they said, what is it, November? November of this year? Let's celebrate uh, Overwatch single-player content. Well, that's the thing. is, (laughs) What will not be shown there is the PvE campaign for Overwatch 2, which they announced this week they were... They never said they were canceling it already. They just basically said we're they're like scaling it way back, and it'll be part of their season passes they sell now, which is like mm, I don't know. Almost like yeah, this is over. Well, watch that was like two. the whole reason they said Overwatch Two was necessary mm-hmm. versus just like updating Overwatch One. It's like so that's all gone, huh? Like the whole yep. the reason we had to get a new one is no mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Okay, at least it was free, right? Like Overwatch Two yep. is free to play. So and I can't even blame Microsoft for that. No, that's just a... So here's what's weird about BlizzCon is like, I I kind of feel like Blizzard, other than Diablo, which looks like it's going to knock it out of the park, like everyone loves Diablo 4, like they have not been on a hot streak as of late, right? Like I guess people, I think people like the last World of Warcraft expansion. I heard that was an, a good one of those, but not, you know, mm-hmm. but like it, they just feel like such a different company. Like, what, what, what's going to be at BlizzCon? You know, like the only, the only thing I'll say to that, in the, uh, as not, I'm not a huge fan of Blizzard content. I remember when StarCraft came out, and that disappointed people. And eventually, it came together because you know Blizzard has a commitment to its longstanding IP and its live games, and people end up very much enjoying the StarCraft experience. I forgot Ugh. about that. That it was I episodic. I don't see it happening with Overwatch just because, like, all I played, like, eh, this is 90% Overwatch 1 maps. Uh, what's going on here? Overwatch 2, yeah, I, I could just, I'm not in, like, the esports world or whatever. I don't follow that. But, like, it feels feels like no, there's no buzz around 2. Like, Overwatch 1, that's how I knew it was big. Is it like, I don't follow own esports cereal. thing. The first yeah, game to yeah. get its own cereal. Everyone talked about Overwatch 1, and, and, and wow. especially when they had events and stuff, like... I don't think I. No one has talked about Overwatch two since launch, at least not in the circles I run with. So, also, it was not the first game to get its own cereal. Come on, Pac Man, Donkey Kong, and Nintendo cereal yeah, system. Yeah, Nintendo all cereal system. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. true, but like, uh, sorry, maybe it was like a thirty year return because they've had a Mario cereal to promote a new Mario game. Overwatch had been out for a year. It had just oh. reached the popularity where, like, yeah, Lucio's. That, that's. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is so ubiquitous in pop culture. Everyone mm. will get this, and it, it existed for years. Tastes like a Brazilian DJ. It's the ecto cooler of video game food crossovers, <laughs> and, and 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 mm. the idea that like yeah, Blizzard may have like dropped the ball on this this weird IP that took the whole. But that was ten years ago, and I'm trying to understand ago. why, right? Because it's like I it, I don't know if it was at the act like when Activision bought them was that the start I, I, of I all think this. Whenever I hear, like, people in the games industry write about roadmaps, I've actually been involved with roadmaps, and they suck, and they never pan out, and you should be constantly changing your roadmap. And I don't think Blizzard did. I Mm. think they came up with an idea, this is what we're going to do the next couple years, and it didn't pan out that way, and they should have pivoted a little more. Like, like Fortnite, what is Fortnite's roadmap? It all, all seems pretty random and instant and like responding to the pop culture. And uh, I didn't see that from Overwatch. Well, I think the, the secret of Fortnite is they, they ship so much content and they yeah. turn stuff around so quickly. They sort of don't need a roadmap publicly. Yeah. Like it's just like, yeah, there's always something new. 
Blizzard has not done that with Overwatch 2. Like the content is that that might be one of the reasons the game is not as active as it should be is like they've been pretty slow with the content for that game actually. And and it and you know with this week's news they're being even slower. Like they're not giving a significant chunk of the content that they had originally that was part of the promise of this game. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on, but I it 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 just sounded it was kind of ironic to me. I'm like, "Okay, cool, BlizzCon's coming back, but like is Blizzard back like, I, again Diablo we're not, 4 we're make not, we're not Warcraft yeah. players and I'm sure there's like millions of people who can tell us that game is totally fine yeah I used to be a Warcraft player I haven't played Warcraft World of Warcraft in like seven years at this you point like, it's been a long time it's so yeah. amazing yeah anyway that is all the news that is fit to play uh, alright let's move on to the community segment which is always is segmenting our community last week's question of the week as you might remember was what's your favorite game sequel of all time wow TL you suddenly reappeared after a long absence but uh, ah! what is your favorite game sequel of all time uh, favorite game sequel of all time is Sonic 2 not Adventure 2 not anything else Sonic 2 is the perfect like follow-up to a great game that just makes everything better like when i think of the definitive sonic uh uh game it mm-hmm. is sonic 2 you get the cool new character in tales you get sonic you get like this expanded overworld you get the change of like actually getting the emeralds a correct way than a weird fucking isometric puzzle like sonic 2 is so great easily the best sequel period Cool. And it's available in Sonic Origins and Sonic ah, Origins yes. Plus coming June 23rd. It's right around oh, yeah. the corner. Well, on VigiGameApocalypse.com, first to answer was Justin McIntosh, who says Pikmin 2 was a sequel that improved mechanics of the original, added new challenges, and kept the correct elements that made its predecessor fun. Instead of being a lone astronaut collecting machine parts, you could now split into groups. To find amusing treasures. Ooh, amusing. Even though Pikmin 3 was fun, I felt like it was missing the humor. Maybe I just matured, matured, due to the multiple years between releases. I feel like Michael wanted to rhyme something with manure, because he hates Pikmin. No. But... <laughs> no, I was I was just making fun of the use of the word matured. I, I, I'm... I'm Said the it in a more mature a way. hater, but I've never felt a franchise that like, hey, I like this. I don't love it. And I don't mm. care about a sequel. I really hate the idea that my Nintendo online voucher might go to a Pikmin 4. Let me, let me uh, tell you about a little game called ARMS then, Chris. Hey. If I may. Hey. <laughs> Could have bought ARMS. Yeah. <laughs> no, Pikmin, I definitely felt like kind of peaked it to like three I played yeah. and enjoyed. And I'm like, eh, it didn't really feel like it was pushing anything forward. I'm anxious to see what they do with four. If anything, what I hope they do is draw inspiration from Tinykin, one of the best surprises mm, from a yeah. few years ago of just like, yeah, it's Pikmin, but inside in, in kids' rooms. It's basically, you know, kind of your, your childhood fantasy of, of shrinking down and being a tiny creature and, and exploring. So. Uh, let's see. Uh, Vocalic, Vocalic says uh, Borderlands 2, much like Assassin's Creed 2, Borderlands 2. Wow, this is a recurring theme, by the way. A lot of these answers took everything that was good about the first game and made it better. The enemies were more complex. The environment was more interesting. The story was more than a few audio messages and a lot of reading. And my god, the guns became so much more unique and fun. 
It also has the bonus of being the last game I ever discovered from a magazine. <laughs> the Borderlands 2 reveal issue of Game Informer almost took my breath away when I opened the mailbox and saw the cover. Wow. Mm. Magazines. Oh, oh wow. Magazines. Oh, wow. Magazines. Uh, I, I said mag on accident. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> Make America great zines. <laughs> Strothman <laughs> says, Mass Effect 2 is not only my favorite sequel. Oh, dude, Dan, that might be the best one. It's my favorite game of all time. I was so hyped for Mass Effect 1 and tried playing it multiple times, but never made it more than a few hours. This is my story. Never made it more than a few hours uh, because of the, the clunky combat and uh, copy and paste quests that failed to hold my attention. ME2, however, had me hooked from the start. The updated combat, the streamlining, the new characters, the loyalty missions. It's a game I get completely lost in. I played through it in three, seven times, each run Damn. using different powers wow. and different weapons to make different choices. But I've, I've never beat the first one. I am That's wild. totally with you. I, I The first one I hated. And I love saying everything, the worst thing I've ever built in Tears of the Kingdom is better than the Mako and Mass Effect 1. It is it's such a shitty fucking car. The Mako physics were a little yeah, weird. They were there. awful. <laughs> uh, Ira Humphrey says Street Fighter 2 has to be one of the greatest that, video game wow. sequels wow. of all time. I have yeah. to agree. Yes. That game was so successful, it nearly expunged the memory of its predecessor it, from our collective consciousness. It, Street Fighter 1 was dealt such a crippling blow by its older brother that it actually forgot its own name, went into witness <laughs> protection, and tried to re-enter society as Fighting Street on the Turbo Graphics. So there, there have been a ton of great sequels in gaming, but none that made the original change its identity. I never wow. thought about that. Like, wow. what, what, if, what if Capcom just like don't call this Street Fighter? No one wants mm -hmm. this in the series. Honestly, I think the reason none of us thought of Street Fighter is because two felt like such a different. I never game played Street Fighter. One. Like, I never saw Street Fighter one. No, and I, I played it years later and went, oh. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm glad I started it, too. Because, yeah, that was garbage. Did you ever see the original cabinets that had, like... The pressure-sensitive? Yeah, the big no, pressure-sensitive buttons that you did, would actually you punch. want to, please watch the monster movie, Hood Movie Juice, with Tupac Shakur. Because that's mm. somehow central, a central analogy to the plot. They play Street Fighter just, 1 before yeah, they murder Just him. watch that movie in general. It's a great movie. But I oh, love geez. it. you got the juice now, man freeze frame <laughs> let's see from the twitter bongo mcnulty says uh any answer that isn't portal 2 is the wrong answer mm. it expanded on everything that made the first game great but also kept the spirit of the original with its fine-tuned puzzles and razor sharp dialogue ranks is one of the best written and designed video games ever every time i see like a half-life 3 story i roll my eyes like what do you want from half-life 3 that's not delivered in eight thousand other games but then Half uh, Portal Two is like this is why Valve could be one of the best developers that's ever made, ever ever existed. Portal Two is oh good. so good, and I played it recently because even on Xbox 360, the the multiplayer mode, which is another Portal game in and of itself, is still available and intact. Yeah, yeah, it's over ten years old. Well, even uh, what was the the Portal game that came out for the Steam Deck? That's basically a tech demo. It's uh, like oh, desktop simulate something like that. It is fantastic, and mm. everyone should play it, whether or not they have a Steam Deck. If you, you? if you have a P yeah, if you have a PC, you can just grab it on Steam, yeah. uh, and it's it's a lot of fun. And uh, I only game on my Sinclair. Mm. 
I mean, Valve can't count to three, but they certainly know spinoffs. They can do yeah. a hell of a spinoff. Half-Life, Half-Life Alex, Alex. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is this Shy Guy Fieri? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. First, a shout-out to Mario 3, Sonic 3, and Knuckles. Uh, Kirby's Adventure, Street Fighter 2, Mortal Kombat 2, and Paper Mario 2! A thousand-year door. Hmm. However, my pick, uh, and I'm going to choose something that feels a little more subversive, Super Mario Sun. Wow. 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 Again, which, by the way, Nintendo remastered last year and you allegedly can't buy. Um, It was a strange follow-up to Mario 64, but I love it. Flood gives Mario cool new moves that allow for fun platforming and more verticality than usual. And there is something satisfying about power-washing the island. Isle Delfino yeah. is a great setting. It, it might be the best Mario setting. Uh, that's that's Chris's notation. A great setting that I, I, I uh, and I like how it feels like a coercive world. Uh, that you can often see other levels off in the distance, giving players a clear uh, view of what locations, of where locations are in relations to each other. And yes, the story is weird, but I like when Mario is weird. Mm-hmm. Nintendo clearly doesn't, though. Uh, which is why references to Sunshine are as rare as references to Super Mario Land. My notation, very incorrect. Uh, there's tons of <laughs> representation for Isle Delfino. Play Smash. Uh, mm-hmm. Or the first three Paper Marios before, uh, before Nintendo took all the fun weirdness out of that series. But here uh, is my T.L. Foster level of blasphemy. <laughs> After playing through 3D himself. All-Stars, I think I like Sunshine better than Galaxy. Galaxy is still great, but it's uh, wow. much more linear and not nearly as interesting. Yeah, I said it. Come at me, bro. Uh, I am inclined to agree with you. That's the exact same situation after 3D All-Stars. I'd never played Sunshine again since the GameCube. Mm-hmm. It was the more... F- like, they looked so similar other than the... You can see the patterns of Mario's denim in, in galaxy yeah. <laughs> that's how you know they're from different generations you couldn't really tell that in and the levels were more interesting more fun more weird in sunshine sunshine's a game you should fucking play if you've never played it yeah very it's it a bad rap people are wrong when they say it's a bad game it's well, they, very they, good. there's a bunch of the, the the coin collecting stuff like that shit is dog shit and i hate it and galaxy eliminates that i'm glad it's not there but that's only one thing that i prefer over Sunshine. Sunshine is delicious. Always loved it. Right. Well, we have a couple of video responses. First is from Full Install, who says... Hey, guys. It's Tom here once again from YouTube channel Full Install in some random English woods. Uh, question of the week. What is your favorite game sequel? What, a, what kind of question is that? There's, uh, there is too many. But I'm going to try and narrow it down to say that for my uh, pick anyway, it has to be a sequel to an original title. Because otherwise it then becomes what's your favourite entry in a franchise and that could be anything. Rosie, come on! Out! Oh, God. The dog is in some bog water. Hmm. Come on, dickhead. <laughs> there she comes. Um, my first instinct was to say Streets of Rage 2 because I must have finished that game, no joke, probably around 200 times growing up. Wow. Um, and beating people up is fun because I'm badass. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know it's funny because I'm about 35 hours into Tears of the Kingdom and that is a really strong contender but you know I'm I'm 36 this year and I've been gaming since I was I think two years old so looking back over my catalogue of memories I think it has to be um, Monkey Island 2 that takes a spot for me Whoa. I used to complete that game every single day 
Um, oh, shit. I to alternate between that and Metal Gear Solid. I'd play one in the morning, one in the evening, and then swap them around for the next day. But I love everything about that game. It's uh, it still holds up, you know, after all these years. It's the humour, the art style, the uh, the writing. It's it just it's just perfect. It's a perfect sequel to a uh, to a game. And when they re-released it, you know, that HD collection added the director's commentary. That was fantastic as well. Um, so yeah, that's going to be my pick. I still haven't played the uh, the new one they released. I really should get on that. Um, but yeah, Bunkan too. That might be my favourite sequel ever made. Uh, although possibly Tears of the Kingdom, but we'll see how that goes. Anyway, guys, catch you next time. See you soon. I never thought of a, 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 that question that we having a class. My answer is Tears of the Kingdom, if that's what qualifies. Wow. I don't know. Only 35 hours in. It's very difficult to judge a game. That yeah, I'm not 35. <laughs> significantly more. And after wow, only a okay. week. like I, I haven't said my sleep schedule. I feel sick. My sleep schedule is completely fucked up from that first and I, I wasn't on anything. Like we recorded a show. I did it. I played it at midnight. I played it until like three p.m. the next day. Uh, I've only been able to sleep for like four hours at a time from then on out. The last week, Damn. and I wake up and like I, I feel like a kid. Like I I don't want to. I wake up after three two three hours of sleep and just like I just want to play more. <laughs> that hasn't happened for a really long time. That is like Christmas. M- Super Nintendo kind of enthusiasm for me. Wow. All right. Well, we have one more from Mike Amari who says, Hey, VGA crew. Mike Amari here with the question of the week. Question of the week, of course, was, what's the best video game sequel? Uh, I tried to limit myself to sequels that were the second of their bunch because I find that more interesting because we usually get a really weird or big shift from the first game to the second game. And while there's some really great examples of that, The one that always comes back to me whenever I think about really great sequels that improve on everything from the first one would have to be Titanfall 2. Uh, Titanfall 1, an Xbox One more or less launch title, was one of those things that disappointed me because it was this online-only game. And as much as I love online multiplayer, I really wanted there to be like this big story-driven single-player mode there. And these are the guys who had given us Modern Warfare 2. Titanfall 2, though, like it not only corrects that mistake but it like gives us some of the best individual levels as well yeah. as having some really great emotional like beats by the end of it uh one of the best levels is where we actually do have basically portal with time travel it's one of the best levels i've ever played uh where you're basically going back and forth between different time periods in this one kind of ruined area and it just the level design overall on all the levels really is well thought out and you can see that that was the focus of the game. Mm. Uh, and the Titan battles are excellent. It's one of those things where when I bumped it up to the highest difficulty level, it was just one of those things where I didn't feel like it was being cheap. It felt like I actually had to use everything that I was learning in the game. And I, like, I'm not a person who goes for like the big get good challenge, but th- playing it on the hardest difficulty level just felt like a different game in the best way possible. Uh, so overall, Titanfall 2 was one of the best kind of sequels to come out of a disappointing first game. And I go back to it all the time. You can get it for like $5 at most right it's now. It's on Game Pass. Uh, people should play it. People should play it often. And it really is just one of the best sequels I've ever played. Uh, thank you for being with me this week, guys. I look forward to being with you again next week. I don't remember what happened. It's very rare. I would say mostly I'm paying enough attention. But it was... Titanfall 2 was in a top 5 less than a year ago. It's on Game Pass, and I mm-hmm. went and loaded it up, and it's like, I do not see how this game wasn't released yesterday. It, it plays so fucking well. Oh, yeah. 
It, it, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful fucking game. It's very good. Very, very, and I played a shitload of the multiplayer Titanfall one. So, like, I, I mm. love the original Titanfall. Yeah, got got a really poignant plot, really tight action, just fantastic. So that's a good answer. Titanfall two so is good. very good, and, answer. And especially if like <laughs> you'll never buy a Nintendo and don't want to buy a game, and you have Game Pass. Titanfall two. If you fall into that, <laughs> if you're in the center of that Venn diagram of three things, you're gonna have a great time. Titanfall yeah. two. It's amazing. The campaign's amazing, yeah. So good. For that. All right. So, new question of the week. Uh, we're talking about Zelda a whole bunch. Obviously, there have been a Not bunch. It, it, it was it was enough for a start. Oh, I love it so. Much. We can talk. I want to know so later. much about your experience. Every time we talk off offline, like I I didn't fucking know that. I didn't <laughs> I didn't know that. Holy shit! Like Michael did something mildly different. Matt tried something I never thought of before. Fuck! It's so cool. Yeah. Uh, so, there have been a lot of versions of Link over the years. Who is your favorite version of Link? Uh, for a long time, my answer would have actually been Zelda 2. Like, I liked that teenage version of Link. Like, that mm. fueled a lot of my imagination as a kid. And I think, like, you know, when we got Ocarina of Time, like, yes, Link's a teenager. This is the true Link. And, and, and I'd forgotten, like, that's one of the reasons a lot of people didn't like or were apprehensive of Majora's Mask and Wind Waker, because it's like, this. why is Link a kid again? He should be a teenager. We, we've established Teen Link as canon. But in terms of, like, th this is like a real showcase for, like, how your opinions change as you age. So when I was young, I was all about Teen Link. Now that I'm in my 40s, Smooth Link is my Smooth favorite. Link. So the Link from the Link's Awakening remake <laughs> is so fucking adorable. Like, I love this character. I want to see him in more games. I want to see them remake the uh, Oracle of Seasons and Ages or whatever with that same design aesthetic. I love the toyeticness of it. Like, that was like the perfect character for an amiibo. That big-headed, weird Link. I, I think you can get, like, a, a Link's Awakening head in uh, Tears of the Kingdom and, and like, run around as that Link. And really? I really want to get that. Yeah. I mean, I, I found it's, so it's many It's probably a drop from the Amiibo, if I had to guess. That That's... They should call... I, I hope there's a Japanese version that translates to Forehead Link. <laughs> forehead <laughs> Link? <laughs> it's Forehead Link. But, yeah. Love that Link. And, uh, Tio, while you're back again, uh, who is uh, your favorite Link? Uh, my favorite Link is... Um, I'm, it's the, it's the Wind Waker link. Like, uh, I love that little tune style, the Mary Paper style, but like as a character, he actually feels like the link that grows. Like every other link is, uh, avatar of the player playing it, except mm -hmm. for Wind Waker link, who is an established character who has like connections with his own sister, with his like family. Like he actually feels like a character in a game. Uh, Wind Waker Link is probably like the best version of Link. Don't like him. His feet are too round. Uh, well, he's a cartoon. <laughs> this so is true. To be. So I got to agree with TL. Very rare. Mark it down, gentlemen. Mark the occasion. I'm agreeing with TL Foster on a thing. Oh, no. But I will because I don't want to copy his answer. I will modify slightly. So I too favor Toon Link, as, as he's affectionately mm. called by people, uh, which. No, that's the name of his amiibo. I, it's the first time I've seen that, like, that is what Nintendo calls him. Yep. But, but it's, I mean, remember, like, 
at first people were so upset that that was what Nintendo went with versus the more realistic version. It was almost like derogatory, like, oh, Toon yeah. Link or whatever. But like, no, he is, he is what he has come back. But I will then modify specifically the version of Toon Link from Spirit Tracks, which is, as you guys know, one of my mm. favorite Zelda games of all time. It's the 3DS game, the second 3D, or sorry, second DS game that is, that uses that Toon Link model after Phantom Hourglass or whatever. But, uh, I, I just love that you can put him in a little engineer's conductor uniform and drive that train around, and it's like, yeah, dude, Toon, Toon mm-hmm. Link from Spirit Track specifically way. is adorable. We always talk, I mean, for years with video games, we talk about, like, oh, it's a playable cartoon. Toon Link was the first time I actually felt that way playing a game. Like, yes, this feels like a playable cartoon. It was amazing. Yep, and and that has probably aged better than any 3D Zelda game. Mm-hmm. Like, the the remaster, they didn't really have to do that much because... Cell shaded graphics age wonderfully. We knew that at the time. We we all said that at the time. We're like, this mm-hmm. is going to age really great. It's kind of a timeless art style. Have you seen? Yep. They sold true. the game cell damage on every single platform since it was released because it still looks like a new game. Mm-hmm. You could go back and play Beautiful Joe, and it would be like, yeah, it just looks like a cartoon game. Like mm-hmm. it looks like Hi Fi Rush. Like yes, yeah, make it look the, good in 720p. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. There's yeah, that. Since so. Matt and TL took mine, I'm gonna find the best link outside of mm-hmm. that and then has to okay. be brendan fraser and encino man because <laughs> yeah it's a good one because good one. that plot is so stupid the idea like we found a caveman this will make us popular uh, and and the movie never mentions that 80s, again 90s movie. Uh, yeah. it's, it's great never it's so great. but the funniest thing about it which i never get tired of talking about but i haven't published the oscar show did you think Brendan Fraser 30 years ago would be like, I'm going to win an Oscar someday unless short round, my co-star in Encino Man <laughs> gets nominated oh. too. <laughs> and then he did. Oh, man. And we had two Encino Man cast members taking up two fifths of the Oscar nominee. <laughs> <laughs> Never would have thought. It's so dope. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I will say while, while he's, I, I don't, particularly like Skyward Sword, that is a really good design for Link. I really like the Skyward yeah. Sword costume, that, basically. Okay. Yeah, that is a good way. I, I want to unlock that in, uh, in Tears that's of the Kingdom. That's the best form of Stockholm Syndrome I've seen this episode. Mm-hmm. But, but, <laughs> but but yeah, like, I, it was a tough question for me because, like, Link, even his name, like, he's just whatever you want to be. And he's never been more flavorless than in the new game. He doesn't talk. He doesn't express anything. He doesn't want anything at all. That's true. He's it, just an avatar for you and your ambitions. Yeah, like I said, previous episode, where's the Zelda movie? That medium has no, nothing to offer this franchise. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Link isn't a, isn't a person. Doesn't want anything. No, they'd have to make it like, uh, what was that movie that was all in first person, Hardcore Harry, that where like, the audience is the character. Jesus Christ, Michael, why don't you work in Hollywood? I would totally Why not? totally watch that movie. <laughs> Especially now that I know I can fucking fuse a cannon to a goddamn boomerang. Which, by the way, like, I was yelling at my friend, you should play this game. He's like, look at this clip. This isn't the Zelda game. I'm like, I can't argue that. If you have not un- seen the cannon device, the Zonai device... Mm-hmm. You have a rocket launcher in Zelda. <laughs> Damn. There's now a rocket launcher if you fuse it to like a long, wet, long, ter- long range weapon. Rocket launchers are now in Zelda. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Sorry, can't wait. Oh. Got it. Got to get to that. So, 
All right. Uh, what is your favorite version of Link? Let us know. Go to VigiGameApocalypse.com. Answer into the comments for episode 524. Alternately, you can visit us on Facebook, the official Laser Time community. There'll be a thread there where you can answer or ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and we will read the answers on next week's show. Anyway, that's been our show. Let's go with some plugs. Uh, TL, once again, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me uh, on Blue Sky at tlfoster.bluesky.com. I got one of the codes, baby. Nice. Uh, <laughs> but, Hook a guy uh, up if you get in. If you get yeah, as soon as I get advice, I got you. Um, right, but yeah, um, Turbo Bison on Twitter. You can listen to the podcasts that I do live from the pool house. You can find it anywhere you uh, get pro- uh, podcasts. Welcome to the thing. You can find it anywhere where you get podcasts. Uh, do those shows. Enjoy doing those shows. Enjoy doing this show. So uh, you find me on the internet. That's where you can find me. Oh, no. I'm being sucked away again. Ah! Uh, what else we got? Chris? Uh, 302010 this week is is one of our longest episodes ever, which I would never normally promote. But, like, I am playing Zelda, and I am in need of longer podcasts. It is not only so fun... Uh, talking about television and the media landscape from 1993 we found this weird Disney device which is Disney Plus 20 years ago Um, and then in 2013 is the first time ever first time ever more people cut cable than didn't like the cord cutter thing 10 years ago is when that started happening. And the way we know the media landscape now, who the fuck would sign up for a $200 subscription who isn't rich? I don't know. We we, we brought it up with the Trump on CNN thing. Like, how oh, dare CNN do that? And like, what is CNN supposed to do? They'll never get another viewer. Never. All they can do mm. is steal from OANN and Fox News. Yeah, nobody. I don't see anyone under thirty They'll wanting to buy. They'll never cable. get another viewer. All they can do is play in that in this awful landscape Rupert Murdoch created, <laughs> and that's who they'll have to steal viewers from. So, if you're a young person, I'm plugging steering clear of televised news. Um, mm. but, but if you because if you haven't noticed, most of it is Anderson Cooper. Like an article came out, and I'm going to have a podcast about it right now. <laughs> I didn't do the work. I, did, I don't know anything about this. We all read the same thing, and we're just going to talk about it. That's what TV news mm. is. It's gross. And, and and then take your cable money and give half of, a quarter of that to our Patreon. Come on. Mm. Cancel yeah. your cable. I mean, shit, yeah, a quarter. That'd be, yeah. That'd be very generous. You could give a 20th of what your cable bill would be, and we'd be happy yes. at $5 or more per month. You get access to all of the cool bonus stuff uh, on the Laser Time Network. That's patreon.com slash laser time. So hard to, to discuss. A prolonged discussion about Brian De Palma's blowout is our latest thing. Yeah, like cancel your CNN subscription and listen to us yeah. talk about blowout for an hour. But I promise you, your time will be better spent. Mm. Yeah, time probably. And money. Uh, well, as always, you can find us online at VeggieGameApocalypse.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at VGApocalypse, or follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparas, that's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.
Yeah, try everything, baby. Just get in there and do it. It's great Zelda advice. Were we supposed to hear something there? Yeah, I did not hear anything. Oh, it was Shakira's Zootopia, try everything. It was oh, funnier when was... he didn't tell him, and he was just like by himself, like, yeah, <laughs> try everything, baby. Yeah. Disney was like, no. He sounded like fucking, not. he sounded like Telly Savalas when he did that, Chris. You're like, yeah, yeah, try everything, baby. All right, what a waste of time. Okay, good. <laughs>